0: There were people that were sending in demos that sounded just like the old singer, yeah. And they're like, "We don't want that. We no. want somebody that's uniquely different." Now. So me being myself, sending in me this melodical hardcore, they're like, "That's what we want." Yes, somebody yes. that's like, you know, can be formed into this band and and, and evolve with yeah. the band, you know. So they Evolution. really, I thank them, you know, for having such an open mind.
1: All right, all right, all right. How's everyone doing? Thank you so much for tuning to Back to Your Story, a podcast about real people and real stories. Today, we have on the legendary Derek Green, the front man of Sepultura. My gosh, <laughs> it's so crazy. I was sharing a story with him uh, that I remember being a kid and on my binder, I was, I don't know, 13, 14 years old, and I would have like no effect stickers, less than Jake, rise against sublime. Um, but I would also have like Metallica, ACDC and Sepultura. And so to have him here uh, in the studio sharing his story, it just blew my mind away. If you would have told uh, 13, 14 year old Brock that something like this would happen, I would have just been laughing in your face. Uh, you know, we just hit our year mark in the podcast and it has been such an incredible ride. I hope that all of you are enjoying it. Uh, if you guys do, maybe you want to check this out in video format, head over to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com backslash back to your story. And, uh, let's do this. Here's the story of the man, the myth, the legend, Derek Green. From the land of mystery, where dreams become reality, always listening to stories from the past, the present, and the future. This is Back to Your Story.
0: Check testing one, two, three. It feels fantastic.
1: Damn, you got a good voice. I know. I have a radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Do a mic check, Doug. Check testing N- one, I, two, three. I can't three. mic check
2: that. That was just like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> mic check, mic
2: check,
0: mic check. Man, oh, you have such oh, a radio voice. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's something that I was born with, I guess. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I listen to a lot of... Uh, different things growing up you know larry king yes you know like really
1: late night type stuff yeah shout out to larry king man rest in peace bro. one of the best i could not yeah i mean obviously he's getting up there in age but i remember you know when he passed just recently um just sad man it's like he he was uh he was an icon i remember growing up my family just watching him. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You know? So it's like, uh, and it's so crazy to see how everything is like a change, right? Like, you know, it's back then those types of interviews were on TV and now we have this, and then radio. And now we have this whole world of podcasting, which we were talking about right. Right. And it's interesting
0: how that became
1: so popular. You know, uh, I didn't realize that so many
0: people are listening to radio. I haven't had a car or listen to radio (laughs) and, so long you got to understand that i have been living outside the u.s for almost over 20 years jeez uh, man so I, I don't know if we've started or not yeah we're rolling, okay. we're, rolling, okay. we're, rolling, okay. we're
1: rolling we're rolling we're
0: rolling but yeah i haven't lived in the u.s for over 20 years so a lot has changed and coming back and, and seeing you know these different changes it's incredible i was living in sao paulo brazil that's incredible for a majority of that time but also in in Prague, and also in
1: Amsterdam. I freaking love Amsterdam, man. I I (laughs) love, love my wife, and I love Amsterdam. We went on a, uh, for our honeymoon, we went on a 37-day, 38-day European just trip. 11 cities, 7 countries. So how does that work? Like, what- they have it all mapped out for I did you? It. No, no, no. Oh, I you did I, it. I
0: did okay. it. I, I did so it was... wasn't through like a group. No, no, no. But that'd be awesome, though,
1: if there was. <laughs> what? What? what did... <laughs> it's like, all right, group. We're going here today. Like, plan out. <laughs> Let's go. Are you ready. <laughs> Hop on yeah, the bus. Like, I'm almost ready. I'm
0: almost there. <laughs> it's like, where is this going? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> yet.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but uh, so I, 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 I mapped it all because what we did is she was in charge of the wedding and I was in charge of the honeymoon. We kind of made a deal Oops. on that. And so it was, it was really nice. And uh, yeah, so I just planned it all out. So uh, where did you start? So we, uh, we flew into London because when I was 17 years old, I uh, first summer went and lived with a friend's family in London and had the time of my life. and right, of course. Wanted, was fu- ah, it was epic, epic, <laughs> epic, 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 epic. And uh, so we started there and I just like took her around. So we spent like three or four days there then we went into paris you know france of course uh, yeah you gotta do it absolutely paris two, stop good old paris stop yeah uh two days two or three days there then went to disneyland so on the outskirts of uh you know paris right so we did two days there from there we went uh to amsterdam to the damn oh uh, yeah. gosh man i remember getting the like getting on the the, the, the train and when we landed i just started crying. I literally started crying. <laughs> I was so fucking happy. I was. I. I, I just. I made it's it. Did, I I mean, did you know anything about Amsterdam before going? Other than weed and, uh, you know, <laughs> prostitution? No. I mean, <laughs> and, but, and, and Anne Frank. Oh, and, yeah. and what year was this around? This was two thousand and fifteen. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Because I lived there in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, just a little bit of a difference. Okay. Yeah. 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 But but still, uh, it was. It was incredible, man. Yeah, it's an incredible place. Yeah, to 2016. No, 2016? Whatever. It oh, yeah, was yeah. just recently, five years so ago. So Amsterdam, you were there for how long? Uh, four days. Four, four days. Wanted to stay longer. Right. Like I, it, it, it was such an incredible time. From there, I uh, took the train into Berlin. Nice, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, oh, yes. That's, a that's a super guy. Yeah. <laughs> we were there for three days, um, and then rented a Audi A6. Went on the Autobahn, went okay. down to Munich. I, I'm assuming that's a car. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't know. I'm sorry. I'm definitely not a car person at all. <laughs> Me neither. But I just wanted something that went fast. Right. I I rented a different car, but they were sold out. So, um, yeah. So then from there, I was there for three days. Then we took the train into uh venice italy beautiful fucking loved it truly uh there was a moment we were probably there for it was like our second day there and my wife and i we've been together for 17 years now right so we'd been together for like 12 or 13 congratulations thank you and uh, high school sweethearts and um and we just were we were just thinking about life and like how fast life is, and like how fast this oh, yeah. trip is already gone. And it
0: goes much faster the older you get. Yeah, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes. Or the concept of time starts to it's just, come into play. You're like, I'm getting a better understanding yeah. of this thing
1: called life. You know? <laughs> and then it's gone, right? Yeah. And then it's like, oh my God, it's too yes, late. Yes, yes. What
0: was I doing with my time? Yeah.
1: That's why it's like so important, <laughs> right. right? To yeah. like so really, really
0: appreciate every that's moment. That's why we you always hear like those deathbed confessions like i wish i would have done this what was i thinking you
1: know fuck that man yeah live a life and no regrets. so you had that we had that and so we were holding each other and we're just crying because like we know like as as quick as we were saying that like we're going to be at the end right one day right and so and we're so like connected so it was just a beautiful so from there uh we took the train into rome Rome. Uh, Yes. I I remember, uh, and we stayed in Airbnbs the entire time. So it was like really fucking cool because we got to experience the city and not a hotel. Um, And I remember just like walking around. I don't remember what street we were on, but like we made a right. And there's the Coliseum. And I'm just like, my mind is blown. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? And uh, and so from there, we went to uh, Naples and Pompeii. And like Pompeii is just a, it's just a mind fuck, right? right. Cause it's like, it, it's a long time ago, but it's really not. in like the whole yeah. scheme of life or uh, of the, uh, of the world. Right? right. Um, then from there we flew to Athens and we stayed in Beautiful. Athens. Yeah. Yes. Great. Great. It was so crazy because I remember it's we, a crazy city. It is. But w- what's really nuts is that you, like we were walking through a park and we're like, we see a dog off a leash, a dog off a leash, dog off ah. a leash, dog off a leash. Mm. And they don't, they don't, they don't kill the dogs there. At least back then they didn't euthanize them. Right. Um. And so like they, they they just had like feeding centers and it was like more (laughs) like the dogs were like fucking birds. Like you don't think about birds. Right. But like the dogs and the cats, they don't, they don't fucking kill them. And so like they are really docile and like there's some big fucking dogs just walking around living their life. Yeah. We are just like, fucking taken back by that. And, um, but so yeah, we made some really good friends there. We got tatted. We got a few tattoos oh, there. Wow, it was wow. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Still talk to them to this day, um, through social media. And then, um, we flew to, or flew, we took a, a, a boat to an island and I'm fucking Iena, the island of Iena, okay. um, just spent the day there. Awesome. I remember like we rented like a, like an ATV and she's like on the back and, and I remember like pulling up to this lighthouse and there's like no one around. And I just put on like our wedding song. We we're just like holding each other, like dancing. It's just like so fucking beautiful, wow, man. Wow. And then we flew back to London, right? Okay. And so the reason I was going to London before our last stop, is I was going to a hardcore festival. Oh wow. Um, and the, <laughs> the 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 crazy thing is, is that so we we get to the Airbnb, we get all dressed up, we're ready to go, and I fucking forget the name of the street, right? But I thought. That the the festival was in this town. Well, I guess that it wasn't that town. That's just the name of the street. It was like four hours north. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Like I was just like so mad and annoyed. But we we still had a great time. And then we uh, we flew to Barcelona and ended our trip. And I love Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. Yes. Right. It, it was just. Um, I don't know the people there, the culture, the, the food, everything about it. I remember our last night on the trip and we were eating, uh, like on, on like the beach and, um, and we were just crying, crying Mm -hmm. our fucking eyes out. Like it came, it went and it was the best experience of my entire life. Wow. It sounds like it. It It, sounds like an adventure. It was, it was the adventure of a lifetime. And what's crazy though, is I remember like there was a point in time where I could remember every single bit of that trip. Right. Now, the longer it gets, the more and more of a blur it gets. Actually. Absolutely, but that's that's natural. It is. It's, it's, it's some. I mean, it's something that's pretty fascinating. You yeah. know, your memory changes yeah. over time. It does. I wish uh, you know. It's like I, I wish our brains sometimes are, and sometimes sometimes they don't. But like a like a hard drive, like we could just like store files, right? And yeah, eventually, I, mean, it, it, I, I think you know a lot of it is there. But since
0: we're consistently changing, transforming, then yeah. It's, you know, impossible for everything to stay the same. It is. It's just human evolution. It is. It is.
1: Like everything on this planet. A hundred percent. What are you going to
2: say? Oh, no, I was going to say that. I was agreeing because, I mean, mean, just in the man's mind, we compartmentalize everything. Right. Yes. So- with your memories, you're remembering those key factors yeah, that right. really touched your heart, yeah. and you'll always hold on to those. Yeah, you might miss out on right. the filling ins, yeah. but that's also how our mind works. As that's men. How it Just, is. I mean, yeah. they say genetically, we compartmentalize. All right, this is important, safe. Yeah, if this is not. I yeah. forgot about you. And then when you know our wives or significant others ask you, like, "Hey, I thought I told you about this."
1: <laughs> oh, yeah that got
2: thrown in the trash compartment
1: i'm sorry yes i forgot yeah, it's about true. that it's one true. It's, true. Yeah. it's true it's true it's true yeah. um okay but that's enough. that's enough about me all right let's let's
3: face, like,
1: so tell me about yourself yeah. <laughs> i know wait is this about me is this story <laughs> sorry Bring sorry back to your story let's welcome um all right so tell me where does your story start man where does it all begin well, it all starts in a small town <laughs> called Cleveland, Ohio.
0: <laughs> Cleveland! You might have heard of it.
1: No, never.
0: It's somewhere in the Midwest. It's called it the Midwest, but it's not really the Midwest. It's a little bit north, close to Canada. Yes, Lying sir. on Lake Erie, <laughs> across from a place called Canada. Canada? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. All right. And so, uh, yeah, I guess it would start with my parents. You know, they're pretty interesting people. Uh, my father was born in the South and my mother was born in the North. And the reason why I say North and South is because they're from that time period where things were yeah. radically different with the North and South. Um, my father grew up in a time period where there were black bathrooms, white bathrooms, everything wow. was segregated, you know? So that was, I mean, really not that long ago. No, not at all. And so I would have to go South to visit family and I, I was always fearful just because I had a lot of friends. I grew up in the north and it was just a different type of culture and and uh a little nerve ending at times because I was feeding into a lot of the stereotypes that go along with the South. Yeah. Um but since I had a chance to grow up going there every summer and knowing my father's side of the family, um, I realized that those are all stereotypes and, and just not true. You know, a lot of times people would talk about certain things that they felt that they were knowledgeable about and they weren't at all. Yeah. And I started to realize that more and more throughout life. But at a young age I started to realize that it's like these people don't know what they're talking about. No. You know, it's no. like all these things are just related to certain things they heard and everything. So anyway, my father was grew up there, nine brothers Gee. and sisters, big family, grew up relatively poor um on a farm very humble. My father's name was Friendly. Really, really, really friendly. Dope. Green.
1: Friendly Green. Are you hey, serious? Like
0: everyone at a young age, like, yo, that's a killer name, <laughs> hey, bro. Friendly Green. I didn't friendly understand. Green. I didn't smoke weed. There. I was just like, there was this like Friendly Green. That's so badass, man. And, and I was like, I guess so. Yeah, I was like a straight edge kid. Like, yeah, hey, yeah whatever, man. I, he's really friendly though. <laughs> and so, uh, and my mother was born in the North. She was born in Cleveland, and her my father was born in Georgia. And she had one brother, my uncle Steve, who was really uh, one of the first actually plant-based person that I ever met. Wow. And and that was so many years ago, and I just didn't really understand that. But anyway, um, they met in a church. Um, They were pretty religious, and they were married, and they were together, and they never drank or smoke wow. um never swore in the house my mother was a teacher my father ended up being an electrician which is really bizarre okay yeah he went from living on a farm kind of like going around the country coming to the north um and there was something that he really adapted to electronics it was something that was wow. really i don't know it was very easy for him yeah so he started Teaching at like a school of like very bad kids. Oh, you know, that's like awesome! A, one of those yeah, of schools. yeah, like a
1: school I went to. Right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, really?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I that was really uh, you know he had no beer really. He was just really a type of person that didn't think about those type of things. He had a he didn't complain about anything very strong Um, man yeah and he wasn't i mean i'd never see him angry or lose his temper wow like never you know never complaining never losing his temper um just kind of like head down doing work um not really saying you know like i love you and things like that but just kind of showing that through um hanging out yes you know through action you know let's go to the park and and play, you know, just not even saying, it's like, oh, okay, let's go here. Yeah. And, and just really being there, very supportive, both parents being very supportive. My mother pretty much uh, taking on the reins of the person of finding the place for us to live, the best place, um, the best schools, because she wow. was a music
1: teacher. That's amazing, man. And so
0: that's how I really got introduced into music, yeah. was really through her. Um, just playing at home, She would have. we had a piano, um and she was consistently playing you know classical music and she was also playing in church okay so it was like gospel and classical you okay. know were the first things i was hearing at home and she was know? teaching you yeah i she wanted to teach me you know but you know how yes, kids are like i want to go out and play yeah, why am i inside why are you doing this to me you know it's like torturing me these first world problems. The piano in
1: my house. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. That's exactly what I heard. Like you're fucking kidding me. Did you um because like I mean you specifically said north and south, at when at a young age, did you understand what was going on? Did you face things, you know, living where you'd live I mean,
0: I didn't really face anything, but I guess it became uh evident to me when we moved. Like we were living in Cleveland, and it was different at that time period. I have two brothers. I have one brother and one sister. And so things were different back then. Um It was easier for a family, I guess like a black family, to have like a – there was a media middle class yeah that existed in like the 50s and 60s in America where it was a little bit easier for a lot of people to have like a car, a house, the be 100%. You know, and people were living – decently and that was that time and so we' were living in Cleveland the actual inner city and it wasn't bad you knew all your neighbors everybody knew everyone but then things started to go really badly um, wow. my sister is 10 years older than I am I'm I'm 50. and so she was started going to public school high school and so there were kids smoking weed drinking 40 ounces and it was my mother was just you know, not having that. She was like, oh man, this, she can't go to school here. We got to move to a neighborhood where, um, if you live in that neighborhood, then you can go to certain schools. Yes. Yeah. So at, I was probably what, seven or so. And, uh, she, they decided to move to an area called Shaker Heights, um, a suburb of Cleveland. And so in that suburb, you pay higher tax. Um, you have, it's an incredible historic Place they have the best public schools in the country. Wow! Um, it was known for being so radical in that of creating a, an atmosphere, a neighborhood, or an area where you have a lot of wealthy, uh, middle class to very wealthy people living there. A suburb of of Cleveland um, that was designed specifically for that for its but, education. But what was designed basically for for? integration you know as far as having um a diversity of different people living there at first it was primarily for really rich people then they decided like okay let's try to integrate this into something that's very different from all the other places in the country so it was basically you know like i grew up it was 30 percent Jewish people there yeah. you know we didn't have like Santa Claus around the school yeah. or you know like Merry
1: Christmas yeah. and just Merry completely Christmas. like oh my god they're completely disrespectful like no exactly like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly exactly what he said
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> I mean I worked in a lot of synagogues and I worked okay. a lot of mitzvahs and yes. uh, I had, you know like one of my first friends was David Lissauer and I'm still friends with him and he was like that's awesome and he was like hey man introduce me to the Beatles you know yes. I was like what's this he's like oh check out this yellow submarine yes. and my mind, it blew my mind i was like you don't have a christmas tree he's like of course not you know it's just like oh i get yeah. it you get a lot of stuff yes in different days and, yeah you know it was like at a very young age it just became very normal to me but i didn't realize the rest of the state yeah. and a lot of the country was very different yes very different and so uh you know, especially when I started playing sports and things like that, I started going to other schools and seeing that, and I was like, "Wow, the, oh my god!" You know, this wow. is radically different. But uh, growing up there, um, it changed. It changed the game. You know, I, I it was my first time being introduced to to white people. You know, until yeah. I was seven, I only knew black people. Wow. So it was a little bit. Uh, just
1: culture not, shock. Man. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. a little bit of a For culture sure. shock. I, mean, I was terrified. I was just like, no, oh, this is weird. No, but you're seven years old. You right. yeah, It's just such, yeah. Right. Our brains are the size of a pea.
0: You know, you and, can't comprehend and, and things. People in, in that neighborhood and everything was a time when people come over with cookies
1: and cakes. Yeah. Like, oh,
0: welcome to the neighborhood. And so it
1: didn't matter about your color. No, not in, in that. Not, not, not there. Not in yeah. shape. The next door neighborhood maybe. May, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I,
0: I, I realized as I got older. I was like, okay, this place is very different. Very, Yes. Very special. I mean, there was a planetarium at my school. What the? And and, and other schools I would go to, and I was they were they couldn't even, they didn't know what a planetarium was, yeah, let alone was a, be able to pronounce it. They're just like a plan a plan of what? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in. And, you know, we had Olympic size swimming pool. You know, we had like a teacher. For example, my English literature teacher was uh, Miss Heasley, and okay. she was directly from the UK. Wow. You know, and, and so we had, you know, a Spanish teacher, and she was from Cuba, you oh know. Oh, my and, gosh. And so, you know, my French teacher, Madame Lue, Madem- she was from France, yes. and she was like bitter French, though. That was not good. Yes. You <laughs> know, as a young
1: kid, because you have many questions. But you remember their names, so they I, obviously- I have a weird
0: memory of teachers, because it, they blew my mind. Like, yeah. it was so important- school uh in general for my entire family um it was just and also I had relatives that were teachers my mother was a teacher a music teacher and so uh I remember these na- I remember all my elementary school teachers junior high school, every
1: teacher pretty much jesus um, I've a I weird do memory from them um yeah, no, they just stick in my head. There's only a couple, and there's specific reasons right. why. Right. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So, when you moved there, going mm-hmm. through that experience, um, how long did you live there, and and what was it like for? I mean, were you like the only black kid, or no, no? That I mean, it was definitely mixed, okay. You know?
0: completely the high school is like almost like 50 50 are you freaking kidding me so this no. is
1: all by design because yeah, the rest yeah. of the country is not like this no and but it just goes to show right if you can design something like that look how well I, i'm sure like you said it's like right. some of the best schools and to the day That's it's the still best school i mean it, it was fascinating you know
0: 98 percent of the people graduated went on to universities but ivy league schools you know, a majority of, oh of all the I mean, there's people that went to my high school, like Paul Newman was a <laughs> graduate of, of, of Shaker. Wow. Um, there's some people from like SNL Wow. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's fascinating. You know, it has a big history. Yeah. The design of the houses and everything was really, everything was like really planned out. Wow. Um, there's a TV series that or an actual, um, series that came out with, Reese Witherspoon t- okay. talking about that actual community wow. um, to show Which one? the Little Fires. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the school up here, but I think the movie that you're talking about is Legally Blonde. When
0: no, that, 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 that no. <laughs> 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 I, I believe it was legally blocked. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Wow.
1: This is the this is the high school, Shaker High School. Right. Is This what is this the proper one? That sir? that is it. You went to that? I went there. Wow. Look at that school, man. Can you open that? Let, let me see. You that. know what? I went
0: to a thirty year class reunion. Wow. wow. Like, right before like the pandemic, like that uh, looks like the a old... university. I know. I know. Like... It, it was. I was completely oblivious until at once i uh, started traveling uh, yeah. around i was like oh my god i'm really really lucky we're very that. fortunate wow look at that well, what was that like going back to the 30-year reunion that was that was awesome i mean it was so much better than i imagined in my head because i thought like none of these people are gonna relate to or understand <laughs> my life yeah you know i was like i'm in a metal band from brazil yeah i know and they're <laughs> just like, are they even, i mean a lot of them are just like That is so amazing. We follow you online. Yeah, obviously. This is so cool. Like, we never... uh, This is... You you know you're doing this. This is incredible. And yeah, I get that. So wow. a lot of people are very 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 supportive and very uh, Proud happy of you. for me.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm sure that I'm sure uh, there are many stories like I went to school with this guy. I went to the school. You know, so yeah, many people yeah. saying that because it is amazing. It's amazing what you've been able to create for yourself, right? I mean, there is such a small skew of p- individuals on the face of this planet that will ever uh, be able to say. Uh, well, yeah, only a few people. i ever say they're in a band called Sepultura, right? <laughs> but uh, only a few people are a small amount of people that will ever be able to really make music a career, right? Like, yeah. I mean, at the time of even starting to do music, <laughs>
0: it, the idea wasn't really to, I didn't imagine that you can make any money from it because yeah. I was really dove into hardcore and punk rock at the age of 14. Yeah. Once I, I joined the band with friends. I was like, ah, there's no money in this, but I love doing this. You know, you're 14; you're not thinking about like of my career, not. music. Yes. Where, did we, where did we begin? You yes, know? and <laughs> so it was. It, it was really just the enjoyment. You know, I just couldn't imagine. I didn't want to do anything else. I just wanted to skate, yeah, and to uh, play music and hang out with my friends. And uh, it, it just felt really good being in that scene because I felt very. Um, I don't know, kind of an outcast, you know? And and so with that hardcore scene, I really fit in because people are very diverse, um, different walks of life, and you could be yourself, yeah. you know, and not be made fun of or just feel very comfortable. It felt yeah. very comfortable to be in that scene.
1: Absolutely. that You know, I was speaking with Mikey Taylor, a professional skateboarder and entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly what he was saying, right? It was like, it's the community, right? It's right. a, you know, it's like... It- I mean, and he, he grew up with, you know, uh, you know Rob Deerdeck and P Rod and, you know, some of the greats and Kareem. himself and Kareem Campbell and Chad Muska. Muska. Like, that's, I mean, that was his crew, okay. right? That was um, Roll Dogs. But it's like he, that, that sense of community is like very, you know, similar to like the, the punk rock scene, right? Because they right. go hand in hand, right? Oh, yeah. Um, definitely. You know, yeah. the, the sense of com- community and camaraderie, right? Yes, yeah. Yes. So you're 14 years old, you know, going through this. What was your first band? What was that yeah my first band was called Outface.
0: all right and uh we were able to rehearse in my parents basement and also my guitarist basement as well his parents what did house. they think they were cool with it because we were hanging out there and they could see us and we weren't doing drugs and yes. getting into trouble and um you know, my neighbors were also very talented as, re- as well. Uh, you know, yep, it's incredible. Yep. You know? I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I took it for granted, I guess, but nowadays, you know, people would be calling the police or something. 100%, really? 100%. Man. But it was something that we really believed in, that we wanted to be good at, and it was a lot of fun. We were really getting into um, kind of like the emotional hardcore punk. It started where yeah. it started changing melodies and yep. harmonies. And we were kind of in that route of hardcore and, and punk. Um, Cause it was such a new way to look at it. Right. I right. mean, as far as it was you know, going through a lot of changes and yeah. it was super quick,
1: Yeah, you know, that whole scene or time period happened very quickly. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it took a lot longer, but it's like, you know, rap music and hip hop today, it's and if you just look at this evolution, right. But mm-hmm. it's taken quite some time, not compared to like hardcore, which right. like you said, uh, evolved quickly. Um, and what I love that you said is that, uh, oh, oh really it's up here. Outface. <laughs> Outface was an American punk rock band formed in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, United States there <laughs> yeah. in the mid 1980s. Uh, Chris Hall, Charlie. Garriga. Garriga. He's
0: numerous
1: bands I'll uh, mention after. Oh, oh, here we go. Eventually by future Sepultura singer. Oh, wow. Derek oh, Green. Hey. You yeah. are he yeah.
0: officially Wikipedia.
1: Yes. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. They yeah.
0: actually, that's, they messed me up. They fucked me up on Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh. They gave me some weird name. They told me like a weird Middle name, and then they said I was like studying to be a doctor, <laughs> and then I decided to be into hardcore, and I kept getting all these interviews where people were like, so once you decided to leave the medical field and move into, I was like, what are you talking about?
1: Uh, no, no way! They kept calling me
0: like some weird name, and it was
1: oh my god! god click I don't on it, know, they there. might have changed it. Yeah, now, well anyone but, can change it, right? But, um, uh, yeah, I know, which yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. was not a good thing. but Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well I think that's the way it kind of makes it transparent, I guess. Um, anyone uh, can uh, add uh, to your yeah. Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> um all right not, not anymore not good oh it's fixed ladies yeah, and gentlemen yeah. you heard that here um so 14 years old yeah, in the band Wow, face what were you doing in the band i was the singer oh believe it or not no <laughs> way you were the singer wow yes i
0: was the front person and uh one of the first shows I, you know i had no idea what to do um, but I did know the songs cause I was a roadie for this band before I joined Outface. Wait at 13. Yeah. Yeah. I know <laughs> it was, it's crazy. I was a 13 year old roadie, like it, okay, it, let's... Yeah. playing on the weekends. Hell yeah. You know, like people's pool parties and crazy, stuff like right? that. Yeah. And then uh, I knew the songs once that my really best friend left as the singer, he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It's too serious. I was like, <laughs> all right. I was like, I'll, I'll, I can do this. And, uh, I, I, was a singer you know the first shows i would come out on stage and be singing to the drummer pretty much and they're like that show is great but just next time turn around man it's gonna no be way. awesome you know like you're just scared or yeah i was like terrified you know i had really supportive friends so you know and that helps you know when you have people that have your back that are there 100%. you know and so uh it built up my confidence and we started opening for a lot of the bands coming to cleveland and so we would make you know our demo and go to the shows hang out of every show that we could go to um meet the promoters hang out with them give them the demo and be like hey you need an opening band local we can bring people as well to the show and and that's how we developed that uh that connection with getting people to see the band was actually being out in the scene people knowing us like oh these guys always hang out at the show. They have a band. Um, they're you know able to open up for the show and they could bring people as well. Yes, so yeah.
1: that's how we did it
0: then you
1: know yeah i mean networking you know especially back then it's uh but face-to-face networking yeah like people see your face like
0: oh yeah he's always hanging out of course such a difference it
1: makes a huge difference i i think that you know everything has changed obviously like with social media and we were talking earlier like you know um like for me like being able to reach out to people that I'd never be able to reach out to, right? Right, Um, But then again, there was something about that face-to-face experience. It changed And there was no other option. Yeah.
0: You know, you had to put yourself out there. And it's crazy how, you know...
1: It wasn't that long ago, no man, and it
0: just—I mean, things
1: changed so radically, literally. I mean, the yeah. iPhone just came out what 12, 13 years ago, right? Right. Um, so it's like, and then, and then, and just then. like phone, and yes, I'm like wow, everybody's yeah. got their own personal <laughs> phone. Like, literally, I mean, we're all walking cyborgs. I now. mean, I mean, to put it
0: in a weird way, like when okay, so Outface is going on, you know, we're playing. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about the how technology changed Uh, radically uh, radically throughout uh, that yes but outface we're doing shows or we're like within the area like buffalo and erie pennsylvania like we did a lot of shows there toronto yeah kind of in the region that we were um and we met a lot of bands traveling through cleveland because that was like a a passing point you know for many bands and um the rock and roll hall of fame is of course so many bands have Come and play through Cleveland. And so we met a lot of people from New York and bands, hardcore bands that we became friends with. That made, you know, was the initiative to move to New York. Wow. How old were you? I was at that time, I had already graduated. So 19, uh, 20, it's probably 20. Three or 24 when i moved to new york before that though before like before that right your parents were supportive did you go to college no so after high school i was like i'm not going to university which okay. was really uh strange strange yeah. because coming from the high school that i went to my brother and sister they didn't even go to my public school wow. they ended up going my sister when she was going to this horribly bad public school ended up going to a private school And then my brother ended up going to private school as well. And then I went to private school. And for the orientation, I was like, I'm not going here. I was just like, I don't want to go here. I don't have any friends here. And it's a completely different scene. And I just didn't like the vibe or the energy. And my mom, wasn't. she was like, well, you can go to this public school here, which is fine because it's one of the best in the country. But my brother and sister, I mean, they
1: went to like a pretty – Bless your parents man yeah they were working their ass are you kidding me like seriously like that's i i find that so amazing it I, was i mean i do
0: too because i realized they didn't have you know they didn't have anything yeah really i mean they didn't want anything i no. never saw them like you know it was always first our education and those schools are expensive i, I mean yeah. super expensive yeah. i mean alan alda from mash and yeah. from those shows his daughter went to the school that my sister was at private school it was like an all-girls school yeah but um, he's on mash
1: like he's you know, on mash you, he
0: was like hanging out in the area there and i was just like oh y- that-
1: your parents are a teacher and electrician right, right you know right. it's like uh we know that teachers don't make all the money in the world and yeah exactly it's and it's such bullshit yeah, right when we can talk bullshit. about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah i mean so it was, it was crazy i mean my brother he ended up uh going to a private school now, I think it's totally mixed like co-ed, but um ended up going to Penn state. My, my, my sister went to Wesleyan university. Then, you know, she ended up become now she got stuck. Oh no, yeah. I got stuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you need um, more, uh, no, I'm room. good now, okay. yeah. but, um, they both went on to university, but I was like, you know what? I really want to travel. Now I have the opportunity to really push this music idea to see if it's feasible. Yeah. Um, if not, then I was like, I am gonna go to art school. More yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was stuff. like, I love art, I love graphic design, yeah. and everything, and so I was really into that. But um, ended up just playing as many shows as possible and traveling. And then I was like, okay, I want to go to New York. You know, were your parents cool with this though? Like, yeah, because yeah, yeah, No fucking way. They were completely cool. I mean, I didn't drink, I didn't do drugs. You know, I was really you know very adamant about what I was doing, very focused. Um, had you ever tried? Not well, no, not in high school. Okay, not at yeah. <laughs> all. I was just like in high school. I was just like nah. It's, that's smart, right? I mean, I, I I had a lot of there were a lot of people around me from my school that were very rich, and they were just getting wasted. Their yeah. parents were like divorced, or just yep. come home drunk. I was like, oh, your dad's really smashed.
1: Yeah, man. and it's just yep. like,
0: yep, that's normal. Yeah, let's go over here. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's crazy, and it was right? just something that I never experienced. I had, you know, I was very lucky and fortunate. I, my parents were very stable and they weren't hypocritical. You know, they really believed in the religion as far as Christianity. And I had to go to church, but at a certain point they're like, you don't have to go anymore. They're realistic. You know? man. Yeah. They're very realistic, but they live by their, their, The principles, you know, they weren't like preaching to us, but it was just like, yeah, they weren't cheating on each other. They weren't doing this and that, you know, it's really living by what they believed. So I had a lot of respect for that and and for them, you know, um, even though I didn't really believe in everything um, that they did, but I believed in... You know the ideas that they had, the good ideas behind that.
1: You had, you had, you had solid parents, and I think that's yeah. like so
0: important. Oh my god, yeah. So, <laughs> many, so many people
1: come from broken homes. Yeah. You know, like I talk about this all the time. Like my father passed away when I was seventeen, oh, right? Wow. Like I, the shit I personally went through uh, was was horrific, and and um and I know people some better stories, some worse stories, right? But it was very hard for me. It right, was, it was hard for me to be in the position that I am today, mm-hmm. right? Um and my life would be extremely different, right? If my parents, both parents were alive, uh, in a healthy relationship, not an alcoholic father, just like crazy shit, because after doing all these podcasts and talking with a whole bunch of people, it's like the individuals that have these solid parents, Mm -hmm. right, that have this relationship, their lives, to, to get where they are out today is going to be a lot easier, True. And a better mentality, not easier in the sense of like um, they have uh, like some special card that's going to get them to the front right. line quicker. clicker. No, but they're going to be able to look at things in a better situation. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree a hundred percent with that. I mean, it was, I
0: mean, of course everything wasn't perfect. You know, yeah. there were certain things that were going on that were uh, very hard to deal with. You know. I had like a grandparent, my grandmother who was living with us. I came to live with us, Um, and she had Alzheimer's. So Uh, I, I, at a young age, I didn't really know what that was. My parents really didn't communicate to me what was going on, what that was. So I kind of missed out on, you know, really getting to know her as herself. Yeah. My sister knew her as, you know, completely, you know, there intact. Yeah. Um, and, and, she was just like, wow. She was such, you know, very powerful woman, um, and I was just completely got the other half of her being with this illness, being sick. You know, like I would wake up and just smell gas. Like, what's going on? And oh my god! It's like she turned the you know the stove on and just walked off. Yeah, you know, she tried to kill us. It's like Grandma's doing it again. <laughs> I'm like I don't know what <laughs> Grandma. You know, but this Grandma is like Shit. trying to kill us all. She's she's it was like it. terrifying for me as a kid. I was like, wake up, like every day, like what's going on? Like, you know, it's it's scary. It was scary, you know. I especially because my parents didn't really explain to me you know about mental illness about what was going on with her um and I had to find out you know through my sister kind of explaining you know what was going on and everything but besides that um I I I can't really complain about my childhood you know compared to so many that I've heard yeah um and I, I I think that was very fortunate but I I really um was focused on, on on wanting to do music, you know? It was something that I I didn't turn away from, you know? I, I was like, really wanted to pursue it 100%. That's awesome. So I just kept playing, kept playing these shows, and then until we got to a point where everyone kind of knew the band in Cleveland and everything, and it's like, let's take this to another level. We should go to New York. So myself and Charlie Garriga. Okay. Um, Charlie plays in this band called judge from new york now he also played in a band called Civ, mm-hmm. um and so our bass player from outface he ended up playing in a band called filter um and that's with rich patrick yeah. who was in nine inch nails yep and yeah, yeah. so who are from cleveland as well wow. um like very small world and so charlie and i moved to new york and this was before filter this is yeah right this is before filter and when we split then that's when he joined filter and and stuff like that happened so we moved to new york to pursue music and connect with other musicians there new york musicians that we knew
1: yeah um uh before we talk talk about that real quick i want to talk about alzheimer's because i think it's really important Uh, if you're listening you know it's it's something that's really scary, man. The yeah. th- the thought of going your entire life, right? And then one day to have it all slip away and and still be alive, right? right? Um not only is it extremely difficult on the individual, right? But it's way more difficult on the family going oh, through man. it. And I, like and you know that firsthand. Um uh, there's this movie called ice cream in the cupboard it uh andrea Lando stars in it and um and it it speaks about it. it's about um a wife in her early 50s uh getting alzheimer's and, oh, and fucking losing it and that, that's early because traditionally it's like 78 year olds i get it um when you we're going through all of that. How, how did your parents handle it? Like when you eventually realized what was happening. Well, I think that definitely set off
0: um, something with my mo- my mother. It was my mother's mother, oh, yeah. And so my mother ended up going into a depression because of that, and that was something that wasn't explained to me as well, yeah. Um, and it was very difficult i believe for her to to deal with you know just because coming from the time period that my parents and grandparents were uh alive and coming from it they just didn't talk about that they weren't very knowledgeable about these type of illnesses especially depression yeah um it still wasn't being talked about or at least i didn't know too much about it at all um, and even in the, I think in the black community, it's something that wasn't really talked about at all. Yes. You know, it's yeah. just like depression. That's something that white people get. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that <That's> true. True. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. And no, was, like, why honestly, would I tell you? It's like, yeah, shit's bad. You know, like deal with it, you know, kind of. No, you know? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely
1: what you saying well
2: i mean when you go back to when you were talking about earlier with like your friends and right. the, the situations that they were in yeah my dad comes home plastered right right oh that's fine yeah mom's over there with a bottle of xanax and a bottle of wine it was normal because that's what they did they just accepted it right they, but in like you said in the black community asian community also All too right. like for with like with my wife and said so, no you mm-hmm. have it. You take care of your stuff. Yeah. So don't look into something else to like lean on as in like a crutch, or right, anything right? Like that. You guys push through your stuff, and you you figured it out,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not the right way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. And obviously, we know that. And you're not the first right. To I mean, there's me. a, there's definitely a better understanding,
0: and, yeah. and there's different ways to approach it. You know, especially talking about it is the one thing, and it's a lot of, important. and that's what really was the the crusher in in my family. The the thing that not being able to communicate what's going on, yes. which is
1: super important. It is, you know, it's literally essential. It's yeah, um, it's essential. And going through going through anything. I mean, I go to therapy once a week, you know. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's a lot of shitty therapists out there, but there are good therapists out there. No, no and doubt. To be able to literally, I mean, I remember the first four months of going to therapy, what a year and a half, two years ago. I was in a constant state of depression, right? Because what's happening is you're bringing everything to the forefront, right? right? Literally all the shit that has gone on in your life, you're bringing it to the forefront. And so you're literally vomiting. And I remember for four months straight, every single week I'd go in there and I'd cry my eyes out and I'd cry my eyes out here. And, um, and, and so as I went through it though, right, things just started falling off, falling off, falling off. It was like, I'm removing layers of clothes, mm-hmm. right. Or like peeling away the onion, right. opening it up. And eventually you get to this point, right? Where it's like you have worked through some of the heaviest shit in your life. You can finally take the biggest breath of air you've ever taken. And you're like, literally it's like, I'm awake and I'm alive. Right. But getting to that point. It's hard, man. It's hard, and like you know, life isn't easy. It's ups and downs. But to be able to fight through something, but we need to talk about it, right? And so I do know, in like the black community, the Asian community, it um for for a long time these things weren't talked about. No, not at all. It's pushed under the covers, pushed under (laughs) the covers. Just like you know, in the veteran community, PTSD wasn't talked about. Mm -hmm. For it was, it was, you know, like there there was glimpses of it, right? But it's not until like the past five years we're like we're really like. Yeah, this shit's real. True. And yeah. it's not just with the vet. Like, mm. you know, my, my wife got into a terrible car accident when she was younger. She has PTSD in the car if anyone else is driving. Right. right. And even when she's driving, you know, so it's like we need to face these things and we need to be able to walk or walk through it, talk through it. Um, and so did that cause, you know, issues long-term, like with your family not talking about things?
0: Um, I, I think it did. I mean, as far as me, I, I, knew, I knew that I really wanted to, get away from home as soon as I turned 18. I was like, this is a lot to deal with my, my grandmother with Alzheimer's and my mother going through depression. Um, I, I, it was just too much for me to really handle. I just didn't have, uh, any way of communicating that. Um, I didn't know people that were going through the same situation. Um, so it just kind of like shut off and I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get out. I I want to get out. Yeah. Um, and so, I ended up, you know, as soon as I turned 18 or so, I was like, I got, I want to move out. Um, and and then I wanted to move to New York. You know, that was mm-hmm. always a big dream. My sister was going to school there, and I'd always visit her. And I had friends that were in bands in New York. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to, I just felt like connection with the city. I always loved that city. Yes. And I just always felt very at home there. So, ended up just really packing and, and moving there you know you did
1: it you did it do you remember the moment that you got to new york oh yeah what did that yeah. feel
0: like yeah, I, mean, I mean it was just total freedom you know complete yeah. freedom it felt like i mean the city at that time was was fantastic it was really going through a change where um it was the end of a a, a really amazing era of new york in in the mid 90s yeah um you know, it was really, it was a good point. It was, I mean, I really got the tail end of like the, a really amazing period um, in New York. So, when I got there, um, I didn't have a job or anything and my sister was like, hey, I know a guy who's a photographer. Um, he's really into like skate. He's really into hardcore like myself. Jeez. And, um, he said that he can probably get your job somewhere but you can also, my sister's an artist. Okay. And so, I ended up working at an art gallery in Soho at the gallery that she was a part of. And so I was doing stuff there, but not really getting paid that much. But I met her friend who was this photographer and he was using the art space to do photography, like a shoot. And I remember there was this one model there, the guy Tyson Beckett, who's huge now, but he was really young then. And so he, I remember he was part of this whole campaign that my friend, Paul is his name. And he was like, Hey, I can get you a job at this place called fat farm. Okay. I, was like, I was like, what's fat? <laughs> I was like, what's fat farm. <laughs> and then I told my friends for, who are in New York, yeah. like, God, they just started laughing. They're like, no way you're going to work at fucking fat farm. Like they're like, that's Russell Simmons. joint." Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, Russell Simmons. I was like, no way. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, Russell Simmons opened up this place called fat farm. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, you know, like, Clothing, I don't know, street clothing, yep. streetwear, and I was like, "All right, whatever." I never worked in a clothing store in my life, and he was like, "Yeah, you can be the uh, assistant manager." My friend what? Paul was like, "My friend," she said that you can be the assistant manager, and it's a salary job. And Are you fucking yeah, kidding me? Yeah, yeah, I was like, "Are you serious?" And he was like, "Yeah," he was like, "You know, it's really easy job." Just wow. And so he gave me the address, and he told me to go there, and I and I went there, and I was the assistant manager at Fat Farm. For, for two years or so. What um, the heck? And, and so that was insane. Like, I I mean, I love hip hop. You know, yeah. at the same time, I love punk and hardcore. Yeah. I was really getting into hip hop because they were kind of coming up yeah. at the same time. You know? Yeah. Very rebellious, very independent. You know, they weren't playing anything on the radio. Yeah. It was like, oh, no, we can't play hip hop. Yeah. I was like, I love this music. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah.
1: That and feeling.
0: So, yeah. And so I really could relate to both you know the lyrically the lyrical content of like hip hop and uh punk and hardcore at that time yes so you know being thrown into fat farm it was just like meeting all these people that I I never imagined I would meet or even see and especially fat farm because there was such a mixture of people coming in cuz Russell was you know meeting with so many different people but now thinking back I'm like oh my god that was insane but it would be like you know one day it would be like Mariah Carey come in he's like Russell would call on the phone and I would get so nervous because oh my I, could, god. I could it was hard to understand him because he has a lift yeah, like, yeah, yeah and he would be yelling on the phone like this and I was like oh okay Russell and I'd be like to the manager like what did he say like let me put this on speakerphone and he'd be like you know bring this stuff you know up to my place I need you to take this to you know this cafe bring some clothes to this girl or to here no way and I was like yo I'm running the store now I can't just like jump out but a lot of times you'd be like yo Naomi Campbell's at this cafe I want you to bring like this this and this you know for her and the Supermodels, you know, because at that time it was like supermodels. oh like yeah, they were the, the thing. The thing, you know, Naomi like Naomi Campbell, Campbell um, God, what were the uh, Christy Turlington, um, yeah, uh, Cindy Crawford, yep, um, the original OGs, yeah, you know, like the, the Victoria Tyra Banks, group. yeah, Ira Banks, and yeah. so yeah. Big, all big he, one, yeah. big one. And so he really Jeez. wanted to promote, you know, Fat Farm was a lot of uh, all the videos that all the hip hop artists were doing, um, they would always go to Fat Farm to get clothing and Russell would give them free shit just because it was amazing promotional stuff. So I could see how this connection was kind of going on with, with Russell wanting to get into fashion, then wanting to get into film. And seeing how it was kind of growing, because there were certain people that were coming in, there would be like Penny Marshall would come in, you know, like from Laverne and Shirley. And I was like, why is she even here? You know? Oh my like, god. How does she know about Fat Form? But she's a director. Then he started opening up like this whole idea of like rush management doing things for like films, producing films. Yeah. And he started getting into wanting to produce stuff. So became friends you know there'd be like brett ratner would come in Jeez. and it was just like oh great and uh because <laughs> he was always like for me like back then i was like this dude is a fucking shady <laughs> motherfucker and i was like uh and just a horrible vibe yeah, you know i was just yeah. like he was just so young and it was crazy you know so all these like really you know he was directing hip-hop videos then so fat farm getting clothes everything and then he became massive
1: did you respect it back then did you understand the magnitude uh, of what you were doing
0: yeah I mean I, I I definitely respected it I mean Russ I mean he was actually a, a fantastic boss as far as like giving you know he had friends that would come and work there that were like in prison they just got out and he was like yeah this is my boy from the hood I love that you know and he was like I'm hooking him up with this job and um I mean it would, a lot of times I don't think that was the best idea because yeah. it was just like, oh my God, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 and I get that, I get that, right? But he, it was, at time, I was just like, I really appreciate that, you know, like yeah. he had a, I remember he had this driver just like so smoked out and I was like, <laughs> I was like, How is he able to even drive you anywhere? Everything's you know? in slow motion, bro. total slow motion and, yeah. yeah, but anyway, it was such an adventure working there, you know, I, 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 I ended up like after a certain amount of time, I was like, I'm really bored of assistant manager position. Um, can I work in the office? Like at rush management office. Um, and they were like, yeah, you can work in the, we have a position for like stock and sending out like mail order stuff. And I was like, I prefer to do that. Wow. You know, than dealing with the chaos of, you know, customers coming in and, you know, dealing with employees, you know, like, did you punch in? No, you know, like, yeah. can you be folding this? Like, get out of the doorway. Stop talking, you know. Yeah, like, You got you to be the. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I didn't want to be that guy. And so in the office, it was just like I had my own world, just like super easy. And I could see behind the scenes, like what was going on. And um, it was great. You know, I they, they started getting scripts in um, for certain movies. I remember that uh, Russell wanted to do the first Black horror movie, okay, because there weren't any at the yeah. time, and so the new, I think it was like Tales from the Hood, yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah, I, and, yeah, I, and yeah, I was, better, better. And, I, and I remember like, looking, I was like, this looks so corny, <laughs> and, uh, but it made sense because yes. it hadn't been done. Yes, a lot of black people love to go to the movies. A majority of people, like he did, the percentage, I, 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 mean, I think he was like, yo how come there aren't any black horror movies? You tales know? I, was like, I was like, it totally makes oh sense. Oh,
1: my God. There we go. Tales, tales from the, the Hood. There we go. Yes, 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 yes. I remember this. Let's see. A yeah. funeral director tells four strange tales of horror <laughs> with an African-American focus to three drug dealers he traps in his place of business. <laughs> 1995. And yeah, right the right in that
0: middle. That's when I was there. And I think it set off a whole thing of like, there were certain movies like you know leprechaun in the hood
1: yeah yeah
0: you know, yes there was yes yes yes, yes. And, leprechaun, and, and in, leprechaun the
1: hood. in the hood yeah. that had a ice ice tea in it dude you know my my <laughs> my my all oh, fucking ice tea was he on uh uh, uh what, what's that tv show um law and order yeah for his ever forever like 20 years or whatever yeah, it's like that's its role. It, it, it's fucking crazy because um I remember, I don't know if you ever watched that show uh but the the guy the 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 white dudes, that's with the chick he used to be with Mariska Hargitay uh the main dude. Oh. Uh, pull up Law and Order SVU real quick. Um, <laughs> uh, detective Elliot Stabler. Okay. Oh. I, I, I I was
0: never a big I, fan uh, of the show.
1: Okay, well well, forget I don't know the story. The then. Yeah, forget yeah. the story. Sorry, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no, no, but, no. But, but, <laughs> but my point was is that how fast time goes is I remember when he left, and I was just thinking about the ah. other day in the shower, right? And I was like, because he'd been on the show forever. And um, I was like, just in the shower, something like that thinking about it, thinking about some random dude in the shower. You know, that's normal. <laughs> and um, <laughs> um oh, that's okay. It's all right, bro. Yeah, no,
0: We're just, in 2021. Uh, right? come on, 2021. Bro.
1: But then uh I I I looked it up and he'd been off the show since like 2012. Wow. And I'm like, this is 2020, fucking one. I was like, I, I don't know, Dad, It Just time flies by quick. I don't know. He's bringing it, it back. Does. It's true to, to what you said. But okay, we'll bring it back to you. Okay. So, so you're, so you're, yeah, I'm working a
0: bat yeah. farm, and it's just like you know, crazy people coming in. Biggie came in, you know, Fuck. like all the Wu Tang was blowing up then. Yep. You know, we listened to that Biggie album came out. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Wu Tang came out. Up. I was like, this is a yes, yes, East Coast killing fucking it, fucking nuts. Un- See, that's what I'm
2: saying. The East Coast, you were around in New York. Yeah. And then you're at the end of the 90s. So you're at the end of the punk punk rock era. (laughs) You're ending in the punk rock era and then coming up while the hip hop era is coming up. Yeah. You're in that genre mixture.
0: Absolutely. It was.
2: uh, uh, To ask a question, Mm -hmm. working at Fat Farm, being in a completely different genre of what one you originally learned from is classical. singing at a punk medical or metal level now in a hip hop era. Did Mm -hmm. that help with your creation of music to Uh, like make it your own?
0: I I, Absolutely. I I think it really gave insight on, on rhythms and beats and and flow, you know, especially with hip hop, you know, it's that so important, you know, your flow, you know, how is it going to flow? And, and also with, hardcore and metal it's important to have something that's original a lot of times it, a lot of the stuff becomes very repetitive yeah and so you, it's great to be able to, to think outside the box and try something different and not be afraid to do that and so it allowed that 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 thinking you know not coming from that one-sided way of thinking like it's got to be this way um because i know a lot of times with music or certain scenes they try to put you in a box yep. and keep you there you know it's for their understanding, you know whether fans or critics and and a lot of artists sometimes get trapped into believing that you know and they and they stop with the creative flow of just trying things yeah, trying you know not try. be you know where it's just like you're not afraid like being in Cleveland. I wasn't trying to compete with anybody. So we tried a lot of different things and I think that helped a lot. Yeah. You know, there's so many bands that are coming from mid America or whatever that are just better than those bands that might be from big cities yes. because they're not, you know, overwhelmed at trying to, to be something that they're not. So, yeah. And so that unique um ab- unique ability of being yourself is super important. I realized early on. Um it's just better to do that, you know, and stick with it and believe in it. And if you believe in it, you know, people will get behind you. 100%. And believe that as well, you yeah. know. And if they don't, then fuck them. you know. Yes. What I'm yes, <laughs> yes, right, yes. You yes.
1: Um if You don't like it push next. Um, no, literally. And 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 absolutely what you said is correct, but you know what? I want to know I want to know about those fat farm parties. Oh, oh man. man. Hey, yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the fat farm parties, I mean, I wasn't really into partying so much yeah, you know. True. So it was like not that exciting. for me i mean but i mean it was it it came to an end um And i mean i was pretty much burnt out i was just like ah this is not really fulfilling me mentally you know just like i thought it was interesting the design that was going behind it the people in that department were mad cool and um but then i started helping with uh, a lot of the accounting and i realized seriously yeah there was like certain things of like aspect of accounting because they're only they're doing a lot of mail orders okay um because that was the only store so everybody would come there um from japan around the world to go to that store or they would do orders to to buy a bunch of stuff to sell in their store yeah so i was going through all that and i would also see some of the cards company cards and i was like wow you can buy like bed sets and all this other stuff and they were buying all this stuff, not you know, yeah. not on the level. And I and then all of a sudden there was like, okay, you're fired. Um what? The, the people that were above me, but it wasn't the main people, wasn't Russell or anybody, it was the people that were stealing. Oh my um, god. And so they they were like, uh, like he's out of here. And um I was like, fine, whatever. And they got because you found out. Yeah, yeah. And then they got fired like a month later. From they should have brought you back, bro. I know, but I mean, I was already like, you You know what? Yeah, Yeah. I was like, I need to do something else. And uh, you were still doing music along along the way. At the same time, I was still doing music, battling with this band. With. Charlie Garriga my my guitarist from Cleveland uh um, Outface guitars yeah. and we're we're we started a band and then he ended up playing in a band called Siv. Okay. And then he was like I'm going and I was like I get it. You yeah, know, I totally yeah, get it. yeah And I was like all right, I I got to do this by myself now, you know. And so I bought a guitar and I was like I got a four track and I was like I'm going to start writing my own stuff and start my own band. You know, I got to keep this dream alive, Go. And, you know, like not give up. And, you know, I was really, uh, I had a lot of drive, you know, and I was still going to shows and I ended up doing, a uh, bouncing work. You know, I was working the door at places in my neighborhood in the lower East side, um, that were very questionable places. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just because they were just neighborhood, awesome places, but yeah. just a lot of just, craziness going on just like yeah it was insane but i worked in a lot of those local bars in the area and uh and but it was great you know i i I got along there was a lot of musicians working those places as well so i was still within the scene yeah you know and and i was still you know talking to people and seeing what was going on going to shows and um and that's when i met an a and r person that had seen outface my other band years ago and he was always going to shows and he came to me and he was like, Hey, this band sepal their singer left, they're doing auditions. Um, and they're accepting demo tapes and you should tapes. Cause there are no, ah, it just went over and my
1: head. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, Oh, I got my, okay. I'll put it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and I'll send it to them. And he was like, yeah, I think they need somebody completely different from, you know, what they had before. Had That's they, the
1: only way they're going to continue. Did they have a name yet or? No, I mean, Sepultura. That was like, no, no, no. But were they, uh, like had they made a name for themselves? Like, like oh, in they the, were at
0: their peak. Okay, I mean, they, they were touring peak.
1: like Sabbath. They were okay, yeah. selling, you know,
0: millions of albums by then. They okay. was just like, they had like, I was like a fan, but I wasn't a fanatical fan. So I didn't realize how big they actually were yes. in the world. Um, I didn't even know, you know, I don't think I knew, everyone's name in the band at the time i was just like i like this album and this album yeah exactly and so uh i was like you know what i'm gonna give it a shot you know i'm gonna try to maybe they'll like this it's nothing like their style of music my demo that i sent them of bands that i've been in yeah um but i i think i could do something like this and so uh yeah i sent it to them um they were Getting tapes from people from all around the world. You know, it's like a lot of people really wanting to be a part of the band. And, yeah. Um, I finally got that. I got a call back, uh, from them, um, and they were just like, "Hey, we want you to come down in in a week to Brazil." I was like, "I'd never been to Whoa. Brazil. Didn't know anybody there. Never heard of Portuguese spoken, and know it." And oh my god! Really? Like, uh, all right, a week? You know? Like, did you have a passport? I. Did, yes. Okay. I did. I did. I was just thinking like maybe I didn't. But I was like I knew nothing about Brazil and I knew nothing about South America. So I, I went to the library, got a book because there was library. Com- there was a library I didn't yeah. have a computer and uh at that time and I don't even think computers were expensive and stuff. So yeah. it's just like I'm never gonna have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> when was this the nine It was like 90- nineteen then it was 1996.
1: Okay. 90- Ninety-five. Oh, right before ninety-six. 96. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so um, you go to the you go to the library, right? Yeah, I get some yeah. books out about yeah.
0: Brazil and South America. It's like, okay, I'm going there. This is going to be intense. You know, this I don't know huge. anybody there. This is fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? This is. What, I want to be in a band that's professional. That was the whole dream. So I got to do this. Yeah, know? I got to be, and I'm going to be myself. You know, I'm not. Gonna, it's like I only have played in bands with people who I'm friends with. Yeah. So I'd never been outside that circle. So I was like, I, I definitely want to feel comfortable within the band and I don't want to be a hired gun. Yeah. You know, I want to be a member of the band. I remember that was like my, I won't do it unless it's like, yeah, but I wasn't even in the band yet. So I was just like, let's go there and have a good time. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go on this free ticket yeah. to Brazil. Yeah. I'm going to have a great time. Shit. You know? And so I went to Brazil, you know, and, and I didn't, it was just, I just, did it, you know? I was like, I gotta do this. And so what happened? You get there and- I get there and the uh, bass player, Paulo, he picks me up and he's the only one that's single in the band. And he's like, ah, I will hang out with you first. You'll stay at my place. And then. Yeah. And I was staying at each person's house in the band during the time wow. I was there. Was like, that by two design? Weeks. Yeah, that was by design. Yeah. So they can get to know me and their family could get to know me. Yes. Because they're a very intricate band as far as like, you know, family, is everything. Wow. And so- you know, with Paulo, he was a single guy, so I was single, and we're just like to the beach, you know, hanging out. And by then, I I'm, I'm drinking. Okay, <laughs> you okay. know, I already, I already, and so it's just like, all right, this is incredible. You know, we're going ah. to these bars where it's like you can shoot like a compound crossbow, I was like in the bar. What Fucking hell? hell! It was just like intense. You know, bands playing there, and I was like. You know, just crazy stuff like that. It was like Holy almost like a lawlessness kind of going on. I was like, This is insane.
1: This was is- there any music that was just hanging out?
0: Hanging out, music, you know, there'd be a band playing and then they have an area for compound bows and then, you know, drinking and they the never jetty, had an accident. Wrong. All just crazy stuff like that. And <laughs> I was just like this I was like, this is a whole other world, you know, and People are super, super friendly there. They love foreigners as far as like they love people from other countries. Yeah, um, and they they love to show off Brazil. You know, they're very proud of uh, of, of the their country. country. And so I started to really fall in love with the place. You know, I was going to football games or just massive massive games with people playing drums and everyone hyped up in that energy you get captured up you you know you get really captured in that energy it's like oh my god this is so intense and the food is amazing and the weather you know was winter when i went there it was like december and it was just hot you know and i was like oh my god this is incredible and and um and then we started practicing (laughs) so
1: but I love that. And how long was it? Like were you there for It was like, like a, like a week, week. A week. And then we went to the it studio. Makes sense. So like yeah. they obviously really liked your stuff. Um
0: well, well, I mean, they didn't know. They were just like really wanted to get to know me yeah. and have everyone kind of spend some time and then okay, let's go to the studio and then go to the studio and they have like their friends, a lot of friends there and I was like this is weird, you know, doing oh the audition and then they're like, "Okay, so we're going to play a song." And then you sing something and just make up whatever. So they play like a new, blah, 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 be like first time seeing them live, you know, playing and, and, and I'm just like, holy shit, just powerful. You know, it's just like goosebumps hearing it. Like, oh my God, you know, cause oh, they've been playing together shit, for years. So
1: fucking tight. Yeah.
0: And tight. And they're just like new stuff I've never heard. And I'm like, they're like, okay, now you sing, make up something. I'm like,
1: uh, uh,
0: uh. <laughs> And it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. I was like, this is so bad and really nervous. And then I went again, it was like the weekend or something. And then I went to the beach with Paulo again. He was like, hey man, he's like, you need to step up. You're like, this is your chance. This like, think it. about yeah. it. Like, so we came back and I was like, ah, oh, you guys, you know, bad brains are like, yeah, we know bad brains are like, ah, oh, you know, we just started playing a song and we ended up doing a bad brain song. And that, Made me feel comfortable because yes. that's one of my favorite yeah, bands yeah. ever, and we ended up doing a Bad Brain song, and then after that things just start to flow. I start to open up a lot more, and yeah. then I became very comfortable making up ideas, and and then after that week, I was like, oh my god, I got to come back here, you know, I got to come to Brazil. Oh I god. really hope I got this, and I flew back to New York, and and about a month later, I heard from them like, hey, you want to come back to Brazil and make an album. And, fucking and I was like, holy shit, yeah. And then their manager called me and he was like, Hey, one of the first shows is probably gonna be about thirty thousand people, just to let you know. That's gonna be just so you get your head there, you know. And I was just like, What? What are you talking about? He's like, Yeah, we we're planning on doing this show to introduce uh, you to the fans and stuff in Brazil. And we're gonna invite all these different guests. Jason Newstead, you might have heard of him. He plays in oh Metallica. God. Yeah, of course. Mike Patton. You know, this is the manager talking to me. I was like, yeah, I I I know. You know, he's like Mike Patton. He's gonna come and and do us and do some songs. And we're gonna have the Shavanti Indians from the you know the Amazon rainforest come and and do some song. Oh like my a, god! Like a whole like all star cast of of people uh, for my first show in Brazil to, for the introduction of the new singer, a new phase in the band. And it was intense, you know? So I
1: had to like really, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was really, Oh really my intense. fucking God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I couldn't imagine. I, I, how many times did you throw up?
0: I almost threw up. I mean, it was just so much like shitting my pants, but, uh, it, it was, it was insane just because I didn't realize how big they were. Like, for me, you, you got to understand there was no, I didn't have a computer. I wasn't, the internet wasn't really highly developed. Like no. it is today where you could just go online and see how big a band is. No, it was no. like, like being in Brazil, walking around with them is when I realized like, holy shit, like everybody in this country knows this These band. a rock star. Yeah. Was like, yeah. Fucking, it was totally. Like people like autographs and, yeah. nah, 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 and honking horns and stuff. I'm like, holy shit. I, I mean, and then it really hit me once we started to tour, you know, yeah. like doing the promo tour of all the interviews where the record label is like, okay, we're going to split the world up. You two are going to go to this part of the world and do interviews for a month in all these different places. And the other two are going to go over wow. here and do interviews for a month in these places. And we'll meet back here after all the promo interviews, and then you'll do a tour. And then I was just like, holy shit. So, you know, my drummer and I, Japan, Australia. Know Spain or somewhere, and the other guys like Sweden, Italy, and it was insane. And, and then labels had a lot of money. Obviously, it was a um, time. it was before the, the whole, internet, yeah. <laughs> it was before the internet, Napster, before Napster, before all that. So they were they had a lot of money, and uh you know they made a lot of money off of CDs. Yeah. That whole scam, you know, where it was yeah. Like, yeah so much cheaper to make cds uh, uh, yeah. and they were charging like 20 dollars for cds and everyone's like i'm changing my entire record collection yes. for the
1: cds it's so- fucking crazy <laughs> I and mean, that went out the window you know decade later 20 years later that's so crazy but you know your life changed oh no like, radically oh, ra- it was- r- fucking radically mm-hmm. and and to think about it though it is the hard work that you put in right to that that led up, uh, to, it. That led up to it exactly it's like a lot, a lot of times, all the time. Like we can't see where the end of that <laughs> right. road is going. Like exactly. we're talking about. Like
0: that's it's a very, very, very true. All that like driving in vans, sleeping on you know people's floors, all that you know. Yeah. It made sense yeah. once I was getting to that level. I was like ah, oh, this is you know this weird preparation to where I'm at and uh it just made sense. I was like, wow, and and it helped in, uh, in every yeah. aspect of being able to get on stage, to learn quickly, to be able to deal with um you know, compromise, you know, yeah. being able to live with other people. Yeah. You know, that's hard for certain musicians or, yes. or certain people have strong personalities, you know, especially when it comes to like writing, there's certain Things I've seen with artists where they have a hard time. I like to
1: collaborate. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to have like all. You know, I like to work with other people. So I love that. It's it's uh, it's definitely in your favor, and it's an ongoing story of why bands break up. They spend so much time Mm -hmm. together. Why so many relationships? Right? Why divorce is so high? Like it's being able to compromise to deflate yes. the ego right, right right we we always want to be right we right. always want to get the last word we right. always we, we 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 i i i i when in actuality it has to be us you have to you have to meet in the middle right and um for you though if someone just heard oh you met you tried out and and then you became the lead singer of supple right you're like, oh, that happened overnight, but right. it didn't. It didn't no, happen no, overnight. It was
0: definitely a process of really wanting, and, and you know, really wanting that. You know, yeah. uh, putting myself in that position of being around uh, that musical scene. You know, even working in those bars and stuff. But I knew that the people working or the managers and people there were really connected in the musical scene. Um, so that helped tremendously. You know, staying connected, and staying kind of relevant and knowing what's going on yeah um and, and even in order for that a and r person to recognize like oh yeah i see you all the time at shows still going out and, and you still have this band that you're doing so it all really connected you know i when i look back it's it just made a lot of sense and i think it made sense for them as well of course um they wanted to have a different future um, they wanted a different person. Like there were people that were sending in demos that sounded just like the old singer. Yeah, and they're like, we don't want that. No. We want somebody that's uniquely different. Now. So me being myself, sending in me this melodical hardcore, they're like, that's what we want. Yes, somebody yes. that's like you know can be formed into this band and and, and evolve with yeah. the band. You know, so they really, I thank them. You know, for having such an open mind. Yeah, because the metal scene, I realized it was so open minded yeah. um, for a lot of things especially when you have a change in singers oh my I, I don't think that's only the metal scene but in general in music when you change like such a a, a tremendous you know front person you know all respect to the, the past singer you know then yeah. it's, it's difficult you know it's very difficult to move beyond that and, and and it's hard for fans to pass that. God,
1: it's so right. Yeah. RJ from Strung Out, literally because he is the new guy on the block, he just joined the band um, what, two years ago, three years ago and he was talking about all all the fucking hate that he got. <laughs> like it's his fault Right, it's his fault that he took um, the, the role of a fucking lifetime to work with fucking Strung Out and be a part of that, right? No, it's not his fault. For any, no. any drummer and, and, and the right-minded if that's the career and the path that they want to do, right, um, would take that opportunity. If it makes sense. And he's sense a of- drummer. Imagine being the front person. Exactly. I mean, that it becomes, even you know, a lot of the attention gets drawn there. And so if there was social media back then, uh, you would be, destroyed you would right. put out on a spigot and and it's like shame 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 right but no it's not it's not that that at all but it's so crazy because i i talk about this all the time it's like in your life you will meet three people that can help take you to the next level most people won't even see one right wow. so imagine if that a person right if you would have just kind of put it by like oh yeah 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 whatever right um but you did you saw it through you f- felt through it what I want to talk about next is that moment. If you can remember that moment, when you walked out onto that stage of 30,000 people, the very first show, right? You're not the kid that's going to sing to the drummer anymore. You're the kid that is the face of Sepultura, right? Right. right. One of the biggest, arguably one of the biggest fucking heavy metal bands of all time. Mm-hmm. Right. What was that like? Ah, uh, I mean, it's, it's really
0: undescribable in a way. It's just that I I really carry that moment with me a lot of times um, every time we play a show, you know, it's such a, an unbelievable feeling of of having that response from so many people, you know, it's an energy that's uh, it's intense, you know, it's better than anything, you know, you, you crave it after it. It's just like, Oh my God, like I want that all the time. And, um, but it, it was such a love, you know, for, for from the Brazilian people. They really sparked something in me where I was like, with this support, I can we can do anything. Yeah. You know, I felt that it was really a part of something very special to be a part of that history. Um and I felt and I feel that every time we step on stage that that strength from Brazil, that belief in the band, you know, that pride that they have you know i realized that there's this is a big responsibility to step into this and i don't want to fuck it up so i want to be um i want to be respectful of the past i want to be respectful of brazilians and the history and, and, and with this band you know so that was that's something that i feel and i remember feeling for the first time stepping on that stage I was like wow i really feel a part of of this history and yeah. it's really something very um, beautiful, and and I have a lot of respect for that. That
1: know? is so amazing, man. I um, that is one of the most incredible stories. Like, I mean, just literally <laughs> that. Like, that's fucking bonkers. It's bonkers. I mean, that was just
0: the start. That's I exactly mean, it, right? I mean, so when you talk about like the, <laughs> yeah. the haters and stuff, you know, the development of the internet is coming along. So yeah. of course, there's these people that are like voicing their opinions, but you know, there were people who were extremely. Uh, you know, cross armed. You know, at shows. Yeah. Just and and I knew that was going to happen. I was like, of course. Yeah. I knew it was going to take time for people to 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 get you know to figure out like, hey, there's a new singer. This is a new phase of the band. They're moving onward. Um, and I was okay with that. So I knew it would take some time for us to really get into our own groove where we yeah. felt super comfortable and that was a process it took you know it took many many years of course um, many albums and each i just wanted to see the evolution of the band i wanted to look back be able to look back and say like from this album it got better from this album it got better you know i wanted to yes. see you know this evolution of the band and it, and i feel that it it has gone in that direction that was the one thing that i wanted to keep on that path you know to really see the band going upward, getting better, where people are like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is better. This is better. You know, and gain that respect. Yes. You know? Yes. And and so that process is great. Um because I've noticed that, you know, from the latest album that we had that came out uh like during the whole COVID thing, unfortunately. Um it was, you know, the one that everyone's like that out, al- this last album it's
1: the, best. the best. Album. <laughs>
0: They're like the best. Isn't I'm not crazy. Like, yes. I'm like you know, but it took some time for people to even, like, say that old fans are just like, oh, no. It's just, they're like, okay, now that they're realizing this is something different. They've been doing it for 20 years yeah, with me yeah, in the band. Yeah, you're, You know, I'm not the new guy anymore. No, not anymore. And so there's a whole fan base of people who are entirely different as well, a whole generation of, of people that yeah. are able to see just me in the band. They've never saw the old formation. Um, They have no idea about that live. You know, they have no idea they it's a completely
1: different time period you are like sepulter like you're not you you right. individually but like people you've been with them longer than the other singer was right right, right? and so it's like you are as much of a uh, no, member
0: i mean there's no than, uh, there's no denial yeah, I, mean, no. I mean in our minds in a, in a lot of people's minds it's always been. but it's funny when you see these people they're just so lost i yeah. can tell that they've never listened to any albums yeah they've never seen the show live and they cuz they have no clue of what they're talking about
1: uh, i hate that and, and it's I hate super that. obvious i'm like okay
0: all right all right
1: i remember being a kid i don't know 99 2000 something like that and uh having you know different sickers like no effects less than jake rise uh-huh. against um, strung mm-hmm. out uh rancid and then i had like metallica sepultura <laughs> um acdc just like my fucking yeah, school yeah. by you're just covered right uh and 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 i yeah i would never like if you told brock you know in in fucking 20 years or whatever you're gonna be sitting down speaking with Derek green on your podcast and be like yeah ha 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 yeah right right <laughs> same thing for you though it's like oh, yeah. you know when you were 14 years old oh yeah you're gonna you know be performing with okay. one of the, right that
0: aspect was, had yet to come you know when i joined i was like okay i didn't even take that in i was yeah. just like kind of focused on I want to write good songs. You know, this is the album. I got to perform these songs. Then I was like, oh, by the way, you guys are going to do a tour of Metallica, South America. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, oh my God, that's happening? You know, like, really? Upgrade. It was just like, yeah, like, okay. And it's just like, things like that. Oh, you guys are going to do a tour with Slayer and there's this band Slipknot oh, in the States that have came out and they're going to be headlining the tour and, and, and it's going to be some other bands and it's a whole touring thing. And then getting the opportunity is like, Oh, you guys are going to tour with this, uh, with Pantera yeah. and do something, you know, and which didn't happen because nine 11 went down and yeah. nobody was flying. Yeah. Um, and, and, it was just like all these different things started popping up that I never, ever imagined, you know?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah.
2: And isn't that around that time too, though, when Pantera separated
0: and
1: exactly. a damage plan? Yeah. Yes. Uh, that right, the
2: drummer. That was the They la- left. Yes. And then he was shot in Reno.
0: Yeah. He was shot Wasn't in Columbus, in Re- Ohio. Oh,
2: Columbus, Ohio. That's where it was a, a, a rage Pantera fan came up onto the stage. Oh, Pantera, yes. Forever. Dime Back
1: Daryl. Yeah, it
2: was our friend. Yeah. yeah. Dime Back Daryl, one of the most greatest guitarists. One of the reasons Hands why I actually down. wanted to pick up a guitar. He was
0: phenomenal. And he yes. was a big hearted person both of him and his brother Vinny, who who died as well um they're, they're the biggest hearts you know yeah. they, the, those brothers were incredible and like you said he was such a shredder yeah i had so much rec- i've never you know i've seen anyone play like him you know it's it, it was phenomenal but he was such a amazing person you know yeah. just like both of them so giving at every show that we played you know, if we came to town and they were around, just there, like here we are. You know, it's that like southern yes. hospitality, and you know? I was just like, yes, like that's awesome. It's man. so cool. But Were you in any of their movies? No, 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 no. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the other guys were. I mean, I, they did a whole tour. Like before I joined the band, there was a Sepultura tour, and there was Sepultura, Helmet, Ministry, and Pantera. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they were just insane. And ministry was the headliner. That's they crazy, were the, the, man. They were massive then. So, but so, yeah, then it was just like meeting, you know, all these idols and bands that I admire and doing these tours, I, you know. But not only, I mean, they're mostly around the world. Yeah. So bizarre places and things I'd never imagined, like River, River Plata Stadium in Argentina, you know, it's one of the Jesus. biggest like soccer stadiums with Metallica. You know, or just like playing with Iron Maiden and Chili, or, or like, just mind-blowing Fuck things. Me. You know, just insane. It hadn't even gotten to like the the biggest show, which was like Rock and Rio. Oh my god! And gosh, we ended yeah. up doing like seven or eight of those that we played so far. But the first one, you know, that's over a hundred thousand people. It's it's insanity. You know, it was really so much that went on, like in the evolution of, of of the band you know like that they had never gone through like yeah they'd never toured metallica they had never done a tour so Like, you know all these first you know and and a lot of those old fans missed yeah. because they were just so bitter or whatever but it didn't really matter what anybody was
1: saying you know yeah. they
0: could they could be haters and they're like i'm 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 on tour with yeah.
1: metallica right now literally so, yeah it's just so cool but you you ended up Moving to, yeah, to, oh, yeah. to, so what was that experience like? You tell me. You, nother... Your family though. Like what did your parents, like what did they think about everything that was happening? I mean, it, it happened, it was happening s- so quickly, but they were just
0: super proud. You know, I remember them coming to the show in Cleveland, you know, and just kind of being in the front row, not knowing like, you know, hanging out there. Yeah. And then there are some fans are just like, probably want to step back a little bit because things are going to get a little crazy here. Oh, know? my just like... gosh. But I just remember my mother just being, uh, you know, after, like, writing a letter, be, like just telling me how, how proud she was and how she really understood. Now, you know, hearing the music and seeing the connection with the crowd and everything, how um, amazing it was. And, um, yeah, I mean, there was just all these different things, kept coming up and, and that gave us the inspiration. Like we should keep going. We got to keep going. We got to yes. keep doing, we love doing this. It's like always oh, these new experiences. And yeah. and then one thing that's really, really unique about Sepultura is the, our, our ability to play in so many different places that a lot of bands don't have that opportunity. Um, a lot of people relate to Sepultura because it's coming from Brazil. Uh, f- you know, they're like a third world country. They yeah. kind of, other smaller countries can relate to that um other places that are are maybe in destitute or in poverty they have a a a connection with the band Uh, they're like oh they're from south america you know they're struggling they're coming from this and so we're able to play a lot of places like mongolia or Kazakhstan or Kyrgyzstan and, wow. and, and just like really bizarre places. You would never imagine the metal scene, India, you know, and, wow. and, and, and and it's there, you know, those metal kids that are there look like the metal kids you grew up with. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It, right? Identical. There's no- <laughs> Bloody wood. Bloody wood is
2: a, yeah. a, a phenomenal. I heard. What is it? Bloody wood. Bloody wood is the name of the band. They're okay. Indian metal. Oh shit! Okay, oh, okay. Their okay. their vocals and
0: then they integrate their their like cultural music right, with right. it too. Oh, I love it that. Is amazing. And that and that is something that a lot of those bands love about Sepultura is that because that Sepultura is definitely one of the first bands to really integrate sounds of culture yes. with metal and not be afraid to do that. You know, especially with the Roots album. Yes, and that and that was it came from being away. You know, this is quoting from andreas and the guys in the band you know and hearing them talk about this in so many interviews it's just being away from brazil for so long you know they were young kids and they didn't like anything about the culture like when you're young you're like ah, i don't like that yes like samba and all that that's bullshit you know and they were after doing so many all these tours outside of brazil and missing the culture missing you know where they came from and, and becoming comfortable where they come from and who they are. I believe you can hear that on certain albums slowly, their evolution before I got in the band, which I found very interesting and, and very uh, natural. Yeah. So they're growing, and then by the time they get to roots, they're like, hey, let's have these elements of our past, of who we really are. That was the biggest album, selling-wise, because I think people could really relate in a way where they're just like, wow, this this... Is their personality, this is the band they're yeah. not taking you know all these different things from that they like you know they 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 developed more of their own personality and you know they come into their own you know and it's from playing all these different shows and playing all these different bands now they have their own unique identity, and you can definitely hear that on roots and even before that, um I think it even started on a rise, you know it was really when yeah. it started to take form. And they also start to learn to, to write in English as far as the lyrically,
1: yes. because they always had somebody
0: translate, which a lot of people don't know. Oh, wow. like they would write in Portuguese
1: and they had a friend translate it into English. No way, no way. And so when you came on the scene, because that's actually bonkers, <laughs> yeah. right? Because uh, are the, the the language barrier between you know English and Portuguese, right? It's different, absolutely you know <laughs> the, uh, it's just uh, the, the way that you pronunciate the yeah, cadence meanings, yeah,
2: words too could be misconstrued into a different yeah, yeah but
1: that was the beauty of it yeah. i think
2: there's
0: a lot of poetic things that came out of that in the actual uh, lyrical content of the music um from the older songs you that know, it's sounds just like the phrasing cool. and everything you know just because of that difference
1: yeah, yeah. So, d- damn um <laughs> Yeah, I did I I had no idea about that, and that's really cool. Right. Um. When you when you came on the scene though, you move out there. Mm-hmm. What what oh, goes yeah. through your head? Like, well, I mean, I was single, so I,
0: and young. How old? <laughs> I was like in the late twenties, and I was like, oh my god, oh, oh shit, there's so many beautiful yes, women here. Yes, yes, They're yes, just, yes. Like, this is incredible place, and oh man, it was. I mean, it was insane, but I, I, <laughs> I really don't doubt it. It was. It was a little bit crazy for the fact that it was frustrating. Yeah. It started to become frustrating because I couldn't speak Portuguese. Yeah. So you have people who are trying to speak English to you, and there are a lot of people that just want to learn to speak English, so they're not speaking Portuguese to you. Um, there were a lot of people that were posing to be friends, and so I felt like I was almost like in high school again, but I was an yeah. adult, you know? So if I did speak Portuguese when I was learning it, then people were like, oh, it's so cute. You sound like you're a seven year old. It's was like, yo, I'm an adult man. Yeah. It's like, I'm a grown man. I'm going through some shit. You know, <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Like, give me a break. And it became annoying. I was like frustrated myself because I, I wasn't learning the language and I, I couldn't communicate how I am. You know, I couldn't push my personality. It was becoming very difficult and frustrating because I wasn't meeting the people that I wanted to meet yeah. as far as like, um, I don't know. You want to meet people that you can relate to, and yes, and so oh, absolutely, it, it was difficult. It was, and I was, I just started to isolate myself in a way. But then I started to to, to learn the language. Um, I started to make friends with people who only spoke Portuguese, which helped a lot. Wow, that's smart. And so after I started to understand the language better and have a better understanding, then things got better. Then I could make a decision of, like, that person's full of shit, that person is for real, you know, Um, and and have those people close to me. Because it was pretty famous there. Like, I I wasn't used to being recognized, you know, having people honk their horns or get autographs every day. It wasn't, you know, walk outside my house, there was always somebody, you know, and it's still that same, it's still the same way. Yeah. But I had to get used to that. So when I moved there, I wasn't used to that, and I was really... Like, oh my God, this is a little bit overwhelming having everyone look at you, everything you're doing, you know, in a restaurant you're eating and you're going out with friends and people are just like, Why is everyone staring at yes, us? Yes, yeah. And yeah. so then I was trying to like date, you know, and it was even worse because they were just like the you become intimidating, you know. Yeah. The women are just like, uh I, I'm not used to having everybody stare at us. Yeah. I'm like, neither am I. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm, in the same you know, I'm yes. like coming from New York, where it's like actually it's not good to yeah, stare. Yeah, at don't people. look at anybody. That's yeah. disrespectful. Yeah, totally. And I, when I first moved there, that was another thing. I was like, yo, man, are you eyeball me, you eyeballing me. They're <laughs> like, yo, he's just he's, he, they're looking. Everybody <laughs> looks recognized. at everyone here. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, so that it was the biggest just, culture shock, yeah, too, completely. Also. Like I had to learn, like, okay, not everybody's out, you know.
1: Yes, yeah. Well, that's so weird because I mean, anyone going through some level of fame, right? It's 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 a lot. I mean, I can only imagine, like, with someone like Justin Bieber went through oh, at a like, young age. He I has that only imagine. He has that new song out with "Lonely,", Lonely right? And it just explains it exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, um, but it doesn't matter what level you go from one day not being famous, right? right? People looking at you, watching your every move, to now everyone is yeah. right. It's, yeah.
0: it's, it's a lot to navigate. You're right. And, and it took some time, but, um, once I got really people, I felt comfortable with around me and I start to learn a lot more about the culture and what's going on there. Then I really fell in love with, uh, with Brazil. You know, it's, it's such a fascinating place and, and people, I start to meet a lot of extremely fascinating people.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i i definitely don't doubt that i mean it it looks like a beautiful amazing country um when you finally got ready to write your first album with them Mm. how long was that after you'd been part of the band well when i joined the band they had written
0: a big portion of the first album that i sang on so i was excited about the second album um, and and again, that was when labels had money. So we're like, yeah, let's take two months. We're going to be in Rio de Janeiro, yeah. the studio right by the beach. And we're each going to just like take our time and just write this album. Yes. Or, or actually just record the album. We already had everything written. And it was just like, yeah,
1: okay. And two months just two to record. Two months.
0: And it was ridiculous when I think back. And I'm like, oh, my God. we Yeah. But, it was a process, you know. We really went and we were like, Okay, now I'm here at the very beginning phase of the writing process. You know, I have my guitar, I was gonna write some parts. I was playing guitar when I first joined the band and certain okay. songs, but I wasn't really a guitar player, but I was like, I can just do these parts or whatever, but uh we were just like putting that out there, you know, on the second album, just like, Yeah, let's try this and you know, we'll have Dill be offered, come and do this part, you know, which was fucking amazing i was like he'll really do that and we'll have this band apocalyptica they'll do like the theme of it and it'll be like a you know like a theme for like conan like our Uh nation we'll have Shepard ferry do the artwork so he did the album cover for nation and and then it wasn't he had only done not so so much work he wasn't as well known but at the same time, we're like, yeah, this is gonna be amazing. Holy we did shit. the artwork. We got jello, We got this theme. You know, all positivity. All positivity. You know, everyone's together. Our sepal Nation. Yeah. You know, and then we, but we had a label that was like, we don't like this guy. There were half of the people at the label are like, we don't like the guy that you chose. We don't like this new singer. Oh wow. And they were very adamant about it. You know, the the A and R person that signed Sepple Tour was just like, mm, I'm not feeling him. You know, and I, and I knew that and I was like, fuck them. Oh fuck. And God. then and, uh, everybody in the band was like, fuck this label. This is our last album with them. So we can leave after this. And they, they're they not supporting us. They're trying to push the old sepultory. Yeah. You know, they're not pushing the change and transformation. They're really, it was really impossible to be with them. And we needed to make that break because it was a very bad deal anyway with them. And they had already treated so many bands horribly in the past. um, And they lost total respect for us. And so we wanted to be away from them once that was done. But we had done this creation that we're very proud of, but they weren't really pushing it the way they could have. You know, we had all these amazing elements around there just, "Eh, eh." all right. So a lot of those people are fans. Now they had to go back and rediscover because they had no idea. They're like, we do interviews or do things we're like, Yeah, Shepard Ferry did that. We had
1: they're like, Wait, uh, what? I, you I, did I, this I, cover, you did a black flag cover, you did this cover, or you Yeah, hey, I got freaking what social distortion right here, <laughs> you know. It's like, um yeah, I yeah. I mean obviously we were talking about it before, I'm a huge, huge fan of Shepherd's Oh um, yeah. And
0: we I mean, I was a big fan of his work and still am yeah. then. And uh, so we had the you know, that transformation of leaving that label, you know, was it helped a lot, you know, like to get away from them and continue the process. But it was difficult, you know, because we had a lot of backlash of, of different people, just like ah, oh, it's not the same, and it's like it's not going to be ever be the no. same. You know, each album or Sepultura tour is always different, even with you know the old singer. It's just been what Sepultura tour is about, you know, evolution, changing each album, not creating the same thing. Yes, you know, yeah. period, and not being afraid to try new stuff. Yeah, um, and and that was something we we're very proud of, and and I, individually we are these type of people. You know, we need to create, and it's you know that's why we do music. That's yeah. the love of it. You yeah. know, is being having that ability to that freedom to to do what you want to do, what you're feeling in that moment, yeah. and a lot of writing goes on. It's because of the moment of what we're feeling at that moment. so of course we're gonna be four years later different or two years yes. later different. things have changed you know we have family now yeah. we've seen certain things we're influenced by certain things it's going
1: to be different. It's life. You're right. It's It's, life. Life. <laughs> it's like literally yeah, life, literally life. L- so yeah. Oh wow. That's incredible. But yeah, it's like, look back at your own, like individuals, like look back at your own life. Like, right. Are you the same person you were five years ago, 10 years ago? I mean, I was uh, reading Obama's new book, right? I heard it's so fucking good. And he, and he reads it, which is amazing. Um, and it's the first part. It's, uh, okay. it's, it's, it's one of the best books, um, I've ever read. And he was talking about when he was, um, you know, kind of just starting out in politics and it was eight years before he became president. Right. And he got invited to do, to be at the DNC. Right. Okay. And uh, not invited to like speaker and they just like to come. And, um, and so he gets there and they wouldn't let him in. They wouldn't let him. They only allowed him in like, cause I guess it's like broken down in layers. It's like the, it's like layer one. It's like all the people on the inside, layer two, outside layer right. three. Right. And so they just like let him in on like, let's say like layer three, but they didn't even let him in. Cause they thought he, he thought he was going to, Get into the DNC. Yeah. Um. Well, then, flash forward. What? Four years later, <laughs> he gets. Uh, what was it two or four years later? He gets invited to speak at the DNC. Eight years later from that point, right, where he wasn't allowed in, he is now the Democratic nominee, becoming president, right, or eventually becoming right. president. You know, months later, right. In eight years, he went from pretty much like a like a low level congressman, if you right. will, right to then becoming the president of the United States of America, your life can change oh. dramatically in five years, oh, 10, yeah. eight years easily. So for them, for people to think that every album is going to be the same and it's not going to change, like maybe They're delusional. It, it, well, exactly. <laughs> right. Literally. And maybe there are some artists that do that. Right. Right. But, but there, there are a lot of artists that try to cling on.
0: Unfortunately, it's, I think more so than ever, yeah. um, you know, the, if, it, if it's, you know, if it's working it's not broke, then you know, why change it? You yeah. Know? And I know. they come with certain formula and they just stick to it. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's their prerogative to do that. But I you know, as an artist, I think it's important to challenge yourself.
1: Yeah, you know, no, I love it. I love know. it. I mean, even look at like Machine Gun Kelly, him doing his punk rock album with uh, with uh with Travis, Travis right? right fucking awesome i love it it reminds me of old school blink like it's just it's awesome and he's a rapper you right, know and, right. and uh and, and 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 he did it right yeah, um and he's so from cleveland as well right? yeah exactly right yeah yeah he is <laughs> notice this cleveland thing yes yeah, Absolutely. a lot of cleveland all-star all right,
2: all right you guys continue talking i'm gonna use
1: the rest of the <laughs> a lot <laughs> a like, of cleveland like
2: you were talking earlier too and like how we brought up like justin beaver yes when justin beaver first came out the beeps, the, <laughs> the Fever, right yeah like my daughter she even had the beaver fever she yeah. had the backpack she had the lunchbox everything like that when you look at his music now it is completely different right completely because he was trapped in something that he was supposed to be in that somebody said he, yes. no, this is how you're gonna right, do this right got the backlash because he lashed out right he said no you i'm i don't want to do this anymore and then now he's actually i i appreciate his music you right Cause me, I'm I'm a whole old school R&B dude. So when you get like that new rhythm and blues, which we're losing today,
0: yes, yes, don't
2: have that. Um, There's a couple like new 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 upcoming female artists that are actually starting to bring out some R&B, which I'm I'm in love with. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just the evolution of music. So when we were talking about the integration of culture and stuff like this, right? Yes, I wanted to ask you a question. Because where you said you're from, where you left, uh, yeah. where you went to, your time of that punk rock and rap, I'm actually seeing that now. Mm-hmm. We had two artists, RIP, that were, it's like an emo rap XX and mm-hmm. Juice World. They have a completely different cadence with their hip hop. Right. And it's not just Blunt's bitches and 40s kind of hip hop. Right, right, You know, it's, it, was, it still has a hip hop feel, but then it had that punk emo, like, no, I wanna tell you about my feelings. Right. What right. I feel right now, and not being afraid to say, yes. this is what I'm gonna do. And they blew up. I love their music. Right. I'm, I'm not, hip hop right now is kind of just the yeah, same. Yeah,
0: but there, there is a lot, of, like you have to dig deep with it, yes. you know, and there, there are those underground hip-hop artists that are feeling the same way like you want more yes yeah. we're,
2: we're they they see that the world is craving yes i have on spotify you know like the upcomers
0: right any new and i listen to everything. yeah i i, I try to you know i always love hearing about new groups or new new, groups right. and in in different areas yes
2: uh, like i say you know like i know about bloodywood there's a new zealand rock band that i like to listen a lot to of stuff to.
0: coming from new zealand their,
2: their stuff is just phenomenal mm-hmm. and it's with the integrations of all kinds of musical families coming Absolutely. together and not being
0: afraid yes you know that, you come
2: from a classical background i'm sorry i didn't right. mean to cut you off like that um classical background going into your genre where you like then working in a complete hip-hop industry and right now traveling over to brazil now you're in a whole new country that has to have oh yeah it, and it has a different feel
0: which is all about integration there especially when it comes to music in yeah. brazil i mean the mixture of you know it's styles coming from europe from africa you know uh, indigenous you know cultures. all those cultures mix into creating this brazilian type rhythm and sound as well
2: so you have that Automatic growl and that bass to your right. voice. Have you heard the Mongolian growls? Yeah,
0: and a lot of people have told me about this band also from Mongolia. Hu or who? H mm-hmm. U.
1: Yeah, you were telling me about it. I think you got that yeah. last
0: podcast, right? And, and when we played in Mongolia, a few of them were at our show. It was oh, no first way time playing there, and it was like a Mad Max
1: world. Damn, there. that's so freaking awesome. <laughs> Would you, have you always, oh, let's check this out. Hold yeah. on. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. There we go. Yeah, that, it it was crazy. Yeah it's <laughs> i could sleep that, to that and then also
2: too <laughs> what it's weird is i get like even an australian like oh didgeridoo, didgeridoo. yeah so did have the didgeridoo. instruments and then to be able to do that and manipulate your voice to sound like a didgeridoo and just um, it's amazing um, and just hold it i love i, mean, that, I can't man. compare it to that that voice that i'm, one. I'm learning no. you know, <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's a fun process you know i definitely love you know trying different things and styles but yeah i've heard this before about the who
2: the who and i was talking to my daughter actually before i came here today because she asked you know who's going to be on the podcast Mm and like what's the genre of their life and i told her and she's like and i explained to her too there is oh gosh what did i use the word i forgot the word that i used but metal is not appreciated hardcore all of in the the same Mm -hmm. on the fact of how you can growl yeah, but then you can also hit like a falsetto, right? Which to is, have that right. range of control to voice and just power. I've been listening since also, to, you know, like I've re upped, I haven't listened to in a long time, and so yeah, I'll be honest. And then, uh, <laughs> I, hey, no, I just i have so like literally, if you go through my music file fo- via- files on my phone, you'll just be, yeah, K pop, I got all kinds of stuff, on yeah, my I, phone.
0: I, I, I think. You'd be freaked out as well. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I wouldn't be freaked out. I'd actually, let's
2: change. Let's exchange some music. Oh, you got some of this? Oh, let me see. I got some of this too. (laughs) Right, right. And I told her, underappreciated. That's what the word is for. This genre is underappreciated because they just think that, oh, no, it's just like satanic and death and all this. But like, you know, Slayer, Pantera, oh, you guys have just like, Phenomenal vocal ranges. It's and raw that's, motion. That's too. what. And yeah, you get like I don't know how many times you gave me the chills while I was listening. If you go turn my car on right now, that's what's <laughs> playing. And you that's know awesome. what level it's at? It's at like 60. Right. right. When I turned it off to order my, my Star B, I had to wait to let my hearing readjust so I can hear what the lady was saying to me through the thing. That's I'd awesome.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So let's bring it back to your story, right? Okay. So um we were talking about uh, b- before I left, right, we were talking about like the you know writing the first album, oh, second right, album, right. right? Um, what year is this around, right? Like, because this was it, in two thousand, okay, two thousand one, two hits. You're mm-hmm. you're you're still living out there.
0: And I I I. The process was I joined the band. We did all this touring where it was just like, didn't live anywhere. I was just like, ah, all over the place. But we did this promo tour and we we're in Amsterdam. Yeah. And I was like, this place is magical. <laughs> I was like, I, I could live here. Yeah. I don't have a, a, a child. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a wife. I was like, I can live anywhere I yes. want. Yes. And we're always touring in Europe. So at that time, there was a, a friend of mine and she was like, I have an extra room. She worked at Roadrunner Records, but started working at Epitaph. Wow. She was like, I have an extra room, and you can stay here for free. And I was like, I am staying here. Yes. And I would just stay there. Um, and I lived there, and, and that was perfect for me. It's like after our tours, I would just go straight to Amsterdam and, and chill Shit. there. And then it was before the Euro. I was still the guilder, and it was still relatively cheap to live there. Um, and it was great times. It wasn't super packed. Yeah. Also, so it was, it, it was the best time. Did you ride know? a bike everywhere? Everywhere. Fucking yeah, like I that. felt ridiculous when I didn't have yeah. my bike working. I was like, "Oh my god!" I, but it was like everywhere, and, and the best people. I'm still friends with the majority of people that I made friends with then. And then after living there, after the whole touring cycle and process, then I moved to Brazil okay. because I to write those albums. Was
1: this before 9-11? Or? This
0: was before nine eleven. Yep.
1: When nine eleven hits, what what happens? I mean, because like uh, everything kind of
0: yeah. I mean, then I I did have a girlfriend and she was from Queens. Oh shit! And she calls me and she's like, "Wake up, you know, like yeah. turn on the TV." And I was just like shaking, you know. I remember yeah. uh, just in awe, like what what's going on? You know, this is insanity. Um, I just I even remember Brazilians crying, like yeah. people were feeling it. It was just the worst feeling you know it was really uh hard you know it was so horrible to be so far away and 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 to have you know all this going on it was hard to process and i just remember going there in october um right after it happened and just the smell you know like i just remember just being in the air and just destroying your nasal cavities and your your eyes just even that after you know it was just like it took months and months um you know just that feeling of just the whole country had changed yeah. you know especially new york it was just like a whole nother world you know, a whole yeah. nother city yeah it was uh it, it didn't matter and the attitude mattered. i mean but this is what really struck me right away was the fact that when you're living outside of america you look at it of course in a very different way yes and so i've been living for some time outside and then i that it was just like this rally call of like people like wanting blood. They're just like, we want revenge, you know? And it was like this uproar of patriotism of, you know, people just like not even knowing, you know, like this mob kind yes. of building I was seeing in the media. And I was like, who are they going to attack? Yeah, like they don't no. even know. No. And then they they needed to pin it on. Yep. on it could feel that happening. I was like, this is not good. Oh my you know, God. And, then, and then this was like really... Um, heartbreaking you know to see this like people just not knowing what to turn to and they're just open to anything yeah and i was like oh this is really
1: bad you know we're gonna end up doing some stupid shit which we did obviously <laughs> yeah obviously and so what was the outside of like like the way that people oh okay felt from outside that of was America.
0: that was a whole phase of that because i've been living so long so i forgot about that it was always like defending the US when I was traveling a lot of times when in the Bush years. Um, everyone just really hating on America. Just like everywhere in Europe or people like, well, you know that. And I was like, no, you don't know. Yeah. It's like you're talking about something you don't know. You, yeah. First of all, you've never been to America. So don't talk to me about American politics and about what we're doing in the world. It's like every country has done some bad shit. Majority of those countries have in their history. Yes. So it's like, Get off of your fucking soapbox, especially yeah. if you've never been to America. It's you don't so it's not just one thing you're seeing on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to yes. So uh yeah. that was like the Bush times. I was like, ah, fuck you. He was like, you don't know oh, what yes. you're talking about. Obama times, my God, man. It was like open arms, yep. like in place, like, oh yeah, man, hey, like I love your country. This is oh, it's so it was night and day. So weird. It was so weird. Like it was like the love came back, you know, for, I didn't realize there was such a hatred before, but I mean, God, I felt that, you know, it was just really a radical difference in, 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 world opinion. They were just like, Oh, people were like a sigh of relief. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, I'm so happy to see things are much better there. Cause we have, you know, it's, it, you know, what we're doing here has such an impact on so many places around the world. I don't think a lot of Americans realize it, but, the politics have a lot that go on outside of here, you know, in yes. other countries, and so um, people were relieved, you know, they're just like, oh, well, this can change can happen here too, and yes. just really hopeful, especially in Brazil as well. They're just like, wow, this is great with this change of, of even Trump leaving. They're like, oh, hopefully the same can happen here, yeah, you know, like because we have this Trump type person, yeah, you know, and and so we again they're in a division as well you know, like here like the split but um it was very interesting you know seeing that from the outside and, and noticing i was like man new york is it will never be the same but I, I it was just i could see like the the weird negative shit happening when there were like bumper stickers and yeah. t-shirts and people profiting off and i was like here we go we're going to make New York better than ever, you know? And there was like, you're going to make it unaffordable for anybody yes. to live there. And it was just like all these deals going down and all these, you know, high rents going
1: up and condominiums and, and high rises, high and rises. rises. Nice. So it was like boom. boom. And it just quickly, quick, quick, quick. Yeah. And it came crashing down just recently. <laughs> right. We'll get to that. Though. Right. Um, so this is like 2001, right? Yeah. 2002 comes it's kind
0: of create. Yeah. And then, um, and then I'm living in Brazil, uh, getting comfortable there. And it, it's still like kind of a battle being in a band, like getting people to really, um, I don't know, just to like old, old fans. You know, they're just like, ah, I'm not coming around. And uh, all right, is just be ourselves and, and still be creative and doing what we're doing. We even did a, a covers album um, mm-hmm. where we did like songs of different bands that, Revolutionized music for us. So yeah. there was like Jane's Addiction. Um, we did a cover of. We did Massive Attack cover. Did a Public Enemy cover. Um, we did the non-typical covers that people would assume that we would do. You yeah. They're like. I mean, we did do Hellhammer, and uh, but we did Devo also. You know, oh, it's like we, just things that were just like out of nowhere. And and again, people were still absorbed in this whole split, and they a lot of people didn't even hear. A lot wow. of those songs. So in one of my favorite covers that we did is Massive Attack. Okay. And I finally started, you know, there was recognition of it, like when I was watching The Following. Um And somebody was like, "Yo, I think you guys are, in, your song is in this following episode. And it was. It was our... Uh, massive attack cover Damn. at the very end it was like edgar Allan poe scene where he's like murdering or setting somebody on fire or something i was like holy shit i was like they're using almost the whole song and that's awesome and I started getting feedback like people are like wow that's a great cover and then i finally got to meet massive attack and no just it, like, that's
1: cool yeah. that's cool it's, so from 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 that point did you like what was it like you saw things start to change like people becoming more yeah. accepting definitely
0: i mean we were coming becoming more confident as a band um playing together as our our formation and we started to notice that there was a younger generation of people that didn't know anything about the past and they weren't really concerned about it they were like wow what's happening now this is cool yes and and soon as it got to that point of like wow we have really been working hard we got these albums you know our drummer leaves one of the original <sighs> members and, and that was like, holy shit, you know, like, and we had like a really good tour set up. Like we wrote an album and we're like, this album is amazing. You yeah. know, it's like based on Dante Alighieri's book, you know, The Divine Comedy. And we have all these different parts and amazing artists from Sao Paulo. Um, you have like orchestra parts in it. It's just like really beautiful album, wow. like really incredible and we spent so much time and then our drummer was just like i'm not going on tour and we had a tour set up that was with uh this band in flames from sweden um and it was right at their peak of like really doing super super well and um so we ended up taking uh another drummer our friend Roy mayorga who plays in uh, stone sour um at the time stone sour was just starting And um, he ended up doing the tour and then we got back from tour and our drummer was like, I'm out. Shit. And where I was like, wow, you know, what are we going to do? You know, like we've gone through these ups and downs and weird and we're at this point where it was so good and we have a, you know, a label that was actually believing in us and then we were just like, let's, we still want to do this. You know, we're still believing that we could do this. So we got another drummer, uh, a Brazilian drummer, uh, Jean de la Bella. And we started the process again, a different formation. And then again, people like what's going on? Oh you no. Know? And then, yeah. So we did two albums with this drummer, Jean uh, and uh, on his second album, his sophomore album, again, people are like, okay, just kidding, are yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is sounding pretty cool. The album was Kairos. And, uh, and it was just like really a lot of like really, we're just feeling very comfortable again yeah. from touring and everything. And then he was like, I don't want to do this. Uh, I don't want to tour. I I'm done. And I was just like, wow. You know, we just got this label again, like supporting us. Um, very good label, uh, nuclear blast okay. uh, from Europe. And they, they were just like, you can do whatever you want. And it was just like, they knew everything about the whole metal world. And they were, just incredible and we're just like okay what are we gonna okay
1: let's do this again uh, you know like let's get a
0: drummer and and then that'd I, be so hard i'm sorry to cut you off super it's hard like,
1: like that'd be so fucking hard i even like see it in your face while you're talking oh, yeah. about it dude it's <laughs> it like it's
0: like really
1: it's it's like this perpetual freaking uh like cycle and it's just like you 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 get it you get it you get it you're super tight again and then <laughs> yeah yeah it was like eh, you were
0: oh no oh.
1: fuck man
0: so we go back and uh one of our producers uh during the time a brazilian sound engineer that we had and he also produced an album his name is stanley Soros, he was like hey a great there's man. this kid <laughs> Um, who's an incredible drummer. He's he's Brazilian. And I was like, okay, I'm going to check it out on YouTube. And I went, God, I went YouTube to YouTube. now. Yeah, YouTube Shit. now. I was like, let well, me the Jesus Christ. What, what year are we in? <laughs> we're in like, what is it, like 2008? Okay. Maybe nine. nine.
1: Okay, yeah, but still.
0: And, anyway, we're like, I was like, okay, let me check him out. And he's like 14 years old in the video. and And, oh. and it's like for Modern Drummer Magazine. And they're like, the guy is speaking on stage. He's like, so we, we had a, a search for, you know, most incredible drummers and we found the most outstanding drummer from Brazil. And we're going to have him. We flew him out here. He's 14 years old. His name is Aloy Casagrande. And he came out and he does this solo and it's just like mind blowing. I was like, we got to have that guy. We got to have that kid. You know, like how old is he now? And there's like, he's like 20. Oh shit. At the time, okay, 21. And yes. Perfect. It's like, Oh my God. I was like, he came in to do the audition and he, and he killed it. You know, he knew every song he was really in the metal, but he'd never been in a, he was never playing in a metal band. Really. Um, he was playing in a band that was like kind of popular in Brazil, like a pop power band, rock band. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I knew, I was like, this is this is who we need. This This is a person that loves to play metal, but he's never had that chance to. He wanted to try out in the band when our first drummer left. And he was only 16 at the time or something like that. And his mom was like, no. He could have gotten in yeah. then. He was that good. Holy shit. But she was like, you to go on the road at that age. It was like, nah, nah, you should just wait. Um, but then it was his time and then he he just he just killed it. Like we did our first album with him and it was just brutal. It was just so dark and sinister, like a lot of people were just like, Oh my god, like what they were like, Wow, this is intense, but what's going on? Holy you shit. know Second album with him was phenomenal. You know, he really wow. became super comfortable. I I felt that we needed to go to like Sweden to record cause I was really getting into these Swedish producers and bands and their clean sound, but yet being very heavy and technical. And I, f- and I felt that we never had a producer that was doing this with us, you know, giving this clean sound and, um, but still was staying very brutal. And we ended up hooking up with Jens Bogren, who's done a lot of incredible work with Opeth uh, and, um, uh, creator and all these different classic bands and we went there and recorded the second album Machine Messiah with our drummer Aloy and our after touring and everything and he just killed it and we expanded I did some more singing type stuff yeah. on it and they were like let's have this be the first track and I was like
1: really I <laughs> you know
0: like for all those metal people I was like they're going to fucking lose their mind like that's just not civil yeah.
1: Dirty, man. Yeah, yeah of course of course
0: but it was complete opposite people are like yo that completely brought me into uh, like and in the sound and everything and the, the artwork we had like our guitarist went online and found this artist who had this work um from the Philippines she couldn't speak English at all and wow. she had a painting and it was perfect for the album cover it was like Machine Messiah she had this idea of like technology being the new god and that was the idea the cell phone you know this is the new messiah yeah. this is where we get our answers from you yeah. know it was machine messiah she just had happened to have this in the Philippines like a painting perfect wow. we didn't have to change anything and we contacted her like to a friend I had in the Philippines, like you reach out to her. Cause I don't think she speaks English. And we tried to contact her for the past half a year wow. and she had nothing to do with metal or anything. And we ended up buying the artwork from her and that album blew like in a way where it blew up in a way that a lot of people who were talking shit in the past were just like, damn, you know, like there are oh, some man. serious like math metal know type of style we're really getting into intricate stuff tighter than ever and with him and his drumming ability he was he's just so unique and so powerful like i'd never seen anybody play like him before and 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 everyone every time we play live would just be watching him you know from lars you know wow, like yeah, they were yeah. just like yo this guy like james Hetfield singing this uh, you know watching Jesus, him man. play and and just all these drummers noticing like Damn, this kid is—you know—he's good. Third album, which is the last album that we did, we ended up going with the same producer, and he just killed it. You know, it's like it—it it just exceeded everything else. Then it was just like really feeling comfortable after playing with him, and 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 having this whole new approach of 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 writing our songs. I was living in California, and 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 the other guys are there, and they're sending me music, taking our time in the writing process, Holy you know, shit. really preparing, going in the studio. Like we really have like a good rhythm of things, but we're just really pushing ourselves at the same time. So I want to do, you know, more like singing, more melody in the songs, yes, you know, yes, yes, and and so that developed over the past two albums and the, and the music started going in that direction as well. So it's like matched up very well. And it it's just, you know, having that new energy, that youthful energy, we just started noticing like younger kids at the show, a whole generation of people going back to the older albums, wow. you know, with me on them. And, and just, and then our, just the show started getting better and better, you know, as far as like filling in, you know, the promoter just like, yeah, this is, better tour than the last one this is better than the last one this is getting better wow and so we we, we start to really notice a whole new wave of uh, of fans and also older fans coming back like wow you know like combining you know a set list of new songs and not you know and 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 having respect for the old songs yeah and and, and not being afraid to play new songs i notice if a lot of bands they come out and they have a new album they'll play like two three yep. songs so i'm like what the fuck yeah And we were like, let's do the opposite. Let's play six, seven new songs. Yes, yes, You know, and then we started getting messages from younger fans like, that's awesome. Fuck yeah. You know, do more of that. Play more new songs. Play more new songs. Play the new songs, you know? And we just believing in ourselves and just like, let's do it, you know? Like, it's (sighs) this, like, really you know believe like i was saying before like when you believe in your songs so of course you should play those you know yeah. and i was listening to old stuff from like black sabbath you know and they would be like oh this is a new song you know paranoid you know oh, you hear God, the how yeah. you hear the audience in the end like <laughs> you know it's just like really i was like yeah every band has to go through playing a new song and getting it you know yeah okay. the audience used to it. but you know that you know that You know, journey that we went on with like drummers and everything, you know, with Deloy, it's just like really clicked in. We, again, every drummer we've had have been super talented, like above and beyond. But with Deloy, he was built to really play Sepultura and to play heavy music. He's the sick. I mean, if you go to his site and see the things that he's been doing, like even during this lockdown, You know, playing with different fans where they, he has some drum tracks and then they're like, I have a guitar riff and they'll match up. You know, he was doing that a lot during the whole lockdown. They're playing together and I was just like, oh my God. Like, there were so many talented guitarists out there too, like young kids. But he's doing like intricate beats, you know, like math beats and, you know, like math metal. He's just
1: super technical.
0: See, he can be, you know, which is great because every show that we would play, he would change it. It was always a little bit different. You know, wow. he would just, he's that type of drummer. I was like, fuck, he has to challenge himself. You know, it's just, it's, it's, I'm always learning with him, which is great, you know, so it really, brought a lot of energy to us, I think in the band and, and our own and what we do, like yeah. our guitarists is writing better riffs than ever, you know, solos and just really putting himself out there. I gave him, uh, some ideas of like some instrumental bands that I thought would be cool for him to check out. Like the fucking champs is this band that it's just all instrumental. It's, there's no bass. I mean, it was a big influence, I think. And some ideas. Cause we started- this band. Yeah, I mean, I, there are some instrumental songs that we have that are just like journeys, take you on a
1: journey. Yes, I love like that, man. Stuff, so. But it just sounds like this uh, your, your, your news drummer, man. It's, oh, it's yeah, he, bre- He's breathed so much life into your band. There's no doubt
0: about that. I mean, he's a beast. I mean, it, his nickname was The Kid, then it became like Big House, which is Casa Grande. Yeah. And Portuguese means, I mean, it's if you translate it, it's like Big House, Casa Grande. And, uh, And he became the beast, the monster. You know, he's he's just like to see him play live. I don't know if you can pull anything up. It's insane. I've never seen it. There's one people equal shit. He did like a people shit right there. I think you can see a good video. That was like the most recent of just like, oh, fucking around. This guy is a fucking beast. The thing is, he's consistent. He plays this power times two through a whole set. <laughs> How so, did, so even if you're not into metal or heavy music, you just like to watch, you know, the energy.
1: It's got to be incre- incredible for him, kind of very similar to you, like right. where it's like, all of a sudden it's like, one day you're this person, and then all of a sudden you're now fucking the drummer of Sepultura, right. right? Yeah, and you have like, the most ultimate drummers are around the world, like writing you
0: like, yeah. Oh my God, you're killing it. How's he taking all of that? Ah, he's the most humble person in the world. He's just, he's such a, a good person. You know, he's always taking care of his mother. It's like him and his mother primarily. And he's always taking care of her from the very, you know, young age and yeah. just very responsible, very focused, no drugs, no alcohol problem, you know, just like really, uh, very professional about his craft, you know, his instrument, yeah. taking it very seriously. It's like, my God, I was like, are you a kid? You Dude. know, like, it's incredible. He, like on the bus, you know, he could be reading or, or writing, you know, and just like there, you know, going in the studio with him, like for him to do a whole album for us, it was like less than a week. It seemed, you know, like he's just so Jeez. there. Like, it's like, that's the take. You know, like that, you know, two times, three times. That's for him it. to track a, yeah. a record? Seriously. It's it's really like, the producer is just like in awe. was like, I've never worked with anybody wow. like this. He's like, the fact that he's so, not only powerful, but precise, you know, it's not only just about hitting the yeah. shit, it's just like intricate. And so for me, it was fascinating watching him in the studio because I got to hear it without it any music around I'm like oh my god I didn't even know he did that you know at times it's just like holy shit damn man but it's just like that energy like got you know brought so much into the band where people yeah. are like man this is the shit holy like, shit like really you know especially on this last album and just getting it you know it's like really we're feeling so comfortable after so many years of trying having different drummers and different people and combination but this is feeling like we were able to really go to a different level with the music you know
1: and so i absolutely love that yeah. there, there are a few more things i want to talk about before okay. we wrap this up yeah. right um uh i guess just two and then i'll, I'll break it down right one <laughs> uh plant-based right two um uh how covid has affected everything right mm-hmm. um which one do you want to start with
0: start with plant-based all I mean, right I, I guess that started a the hardcore level yes like it started when i was 15 16 and i started to question of course everything yes and then i was meeting all these different bands coming from new york and a lot of these hardcore bands they were straight edge or they worked in health food stores they didn't eat meat um they would come through the city and i was totally influenced by questioning i was like well you know like would it make a difference if I stopped eating meat or really like physically would I feel anything? That was one question. Uh, Another thing I was reading books like the jungle by Upton Sinclair, um, just about the intensity of what goes into making meat and how it has that impact on immigration, on people who were producing uh, this meat, how it is produced. uh, These companies, like what are they about? So I was questioning them. I was like, I hate these companies, you know, yeah. from what I've read and what they're doing, they actually don't give a shit about the planet or the people that are working and, and working for them. And also for the people they are serving or giving this food to. So I was like, I want to see if this actually makes a difference. I'm going to stop eating meat. And I did that. I was 15 years old. Um, and I, I was really sick, I think, the first month. I was craving it. Yeah. Like I was just like my mouth would be watering if I'd see a commercial or smelling it. I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh. And it was kind of like going through a withdrawal. Yeah. Um but then after a month I, I I felt okay and I was just like really didn't want to go back to eating meat. So I just kind of stayed on that path for you know over thirty years now. Yeah. <laughs> and,
3: and so then
0: at I started to learn about uh, the dairy industry and I took that out as well. And also all products, um, leather and everything. And so, yeah, honey, I, I don't uh, fuck with. And just, it was a slow process, you know? I mean, it was something as, as I learned, I was like, okay, okay. Seeing both sides, Yes, you know, really weighing it in. And, uh, and I, I, I figured it out that, I really think it's important for people to discover on their own at their own pace. I wouldn't expect somebody to stop cold, cold Turkey. And, uh, (laughs) and so, uh, I I think that's important. And I really dislike, seeing them being pushed on people's throats. I hate you know, that shit. I do too. It drives me crazy and I don't eat. No, <laughs>
1: I, I've been vegetarian for five years, right? And it was something that I had to come to on my my own, right? And it's crazy to see the huge paradigm shift now, like, right, with all these companies right. um, popping up. One thing that is a big misnomer is like, just because you're vegan or vegetarian doesn't mean you're healthy because there's a lot of shit out there that is oh, yeah. terrible. These Impossible Burgers, although they're delicious, right? right. You eat enough of them, it's not going to be good for you, you're right? You're going to have some high blood
0: pressure. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of sodium. In those. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. But how how did you manage it at okay. such a young age and eat and um and, and do it all? You know, obviously,
0: correctly. I think it, well, it was definitely lifestyle, but it was something that I really looked into and I and I wanted to pursue. You know, it was something that I came to a realization. I started to realize it. Um, it was a process. You know, and things got better in the industry as far as like you're saying, uh. It was inevitable that it was gonna happen. Yeah. You know, we can't maintain the way that we've been going with the amount of like slaughtering of animals and destruction of the planet. I mean, can keep going that way, but we're not gonna have a planet and no. we're not gonna be able to survive in an environment that's completely, you know, destroying everything around everything. us. So it, it it took time and, and just learning about it, you know, reading about it and, and, and seeing it through people who were actually living that lifestyle. Um, having a lot of people and friends who were, you know, doing like certain marathons and certain things yeah. with their life. And I was like, wow, they're really pushing it, you know, yeah. and following these, this lifestyle. So it was hard on the road. Um, but it got easier because people started to understand it yeah. a little bit more. So going to venues like in, for example in europe they cook you a lot of meals at venues and they started to um be more thoughtful you know i come out and they're like oh this meal has a protein element to it and i'm like great because yeah. before it'd just be like ah, oh, here's some you know pasta and some sauce you know yeah. and they'd be like that's it you know or here's a salad you know yeah. like there's your vegetarian meal. <laughs> like, hey, we got some grass outside <laughs> yeah. here, and i was like oh we got a comedian <laughs> yes, you know uh... like and so it's like always the comedian there. I was like, you know, you're not funny. No. And I've heard all these jokes, yeah. you know, and it's just like, so yeah, like, I know. I was like, all right. But, uh, it, it, I started to notice, you know, like people really, um, having a little bit more respect for it. And like I said, it was inevitable that was going to happen. All that shit. is like catching up, of course, you know, and then we're definitely feeling it now in COVID, especially when they're like, why is America so bad? Like, why yep. is there all these cases? And it's like, Well, you think about it, there was a lot of things going on before COVID. Um, You know, you had half of the country overweight or obese, or more. Or more. Definitely more, I believe. Um, High blood pressure, you know, diabetes, all these things affecting people for such a long period of time. And then you have COVID uh, COVID on top of that. You know, of course it's going to be bad, you know, and it's lifestyle, you know, the idea of, of, Thinking that you can eat, you know, cheeseburgers every day or this fast food, it's processed crazy. food every day—it's killing us. Of course, you know. And I think people are starting to realize that. And you have more and more doctors like you need to eat more greens. You need to stop eating all this processed food. Yep. And nobody really listening until it actually happens to them. Like, oh, I had a heart attack, or you know, oh, I, had, you know, people having serious, serious health problems and they're taking tons of medication for yep. it. And I think the realization that's come around is the fact that you have people, they're able to show their example online again with technology and be like, Hey, it doesn't have to be this way. There's alternatives to taking all the, drugs and medicine that are being put to you yeah. if you change your lifestyle yes you know who said that you need to eat this way and, and be this way you never questioned that before and now you can question it and there's options out yes. there you know and tasty options
1: very tasty you
0: know because that was another thing it was really yeah. not the tastiest could, back yeah. in the day you yeah, know? Yeah. it was like really like horrible a lot yeah. of the stuff they like were like creating. a boca burger or something like that I fucking hate those right yeah. but now I, be, I think there's a lot of chefs and people that are realizing that hey you can create great meals recipes not even using all the the fake meat stuff that's out yeah. there but just like naturally thinking of creative meals and just rethinking the way that we we eat food and and what we're creating and preparing you know there's when you think about it you know meat itself is not tasty when it's just meat no. like if you cook meat and just serve it with no seasoning nothing no yeah. flavoring it's not going to have that much of a flavor if yeah. anything. And so a lot of those flavorings are being put in, can be put in with regular Oh my gosh, yes. On, on things that aren't animals that had to yeah. be slaughtered or killed, yeah, you yeah. know? And and so I think a lot of people are slowly realizing, and again, there's an industry that's booming yeah. uh, in the plant-based world all over the world, not only yeah, in, the in the US, but all over the world in middle America as well. And that, you know- Knowing that, I wanted to show that, you know, and, and that was the idea that came about with
1: Highway to Health, the program that Tanya O'Callaghan and I are working on. That's how we met. Right. Because right? I had Tanya on the podcast. Um, For people listening, can, why don't you explain what Highway to Health is? Highway to the Health is a show with Tanya O'Callaghan and I. Woo. Tanya is a,
0: a, a musician as well. Yes. She's a bass player. She's yes. rock and roll. She's killing it. Yep. She's played all over the world and she's from Ireland. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah. Right uh, over oh. there from Ireland. There, she, she, she
1: likes to slap at a bass. She likes to slap at
0: a bass. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's just for her. Guy guy she, she,
1: when, we, when we did our podcast, she goes, I fucking hate. Like, first, she's like, I fucking sure. hate when fucking guys say that and I just I was, tease her with it. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> but, uh, but So yeah, we had the same idea. Like, let's have a TV show where we interview different people from all walks of life and talk about plant-based lifestyle. Not only only about food but uh just about everything that has to do with changing the future and a, a better planet and a better place for everyone so we wanted to combine that with also people that we know from the industry um and also all different walks of life and just really show how it is to be on the road and what you can do all, I re- really wanted to answer all those questions that people might have that aren't plant-based because I I hear a lot of them like how are you so big and getting the protein? Yeah. You know, like where are you buying this? It's so expensive and you know, really breaking those things down slowly and and we wanted to not only have plant-based people on the program but people who aren't. Yeah. You know, and show that hey, it's a process. You know, it's a timing. If you stop eating, you know, meat for let's say one day a week, That's progress. That's incredible. And it's going to be good for you, the planet, and for the animals, of course. But it doesn't have to be radical. You know, it's like each person has to really make their own decision. And so we just want to put those, you know, those questions and answers out there, you know, but really keep it open for people to, because we want to attract people who aren't plant based to watch the show. You know, it's like, we don't want to preach to the choir, you know? And yeah. so we really want to go out to those people that have those questions, those honest questions. And when you look at a lot of those restaurants that are out there now, plant-based, majority of the people going to them aren't even no, vegans. No, you no, know? no, no. It's which just delicious, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just delicious. Yeah, it's absolutely delicious. Who are some of the guests that you guys have had on? Uh, we had Kat Von D, nice. famous tattoo artist. Uh, we've had Moby. Nice. uh we've had kevin smith nice um we've had uh steven adler from guns and roses uh nice. we've had rufus taylor from the darkness mm-hmm. um we've had God, a, a wide variety of different guests, yeah. and yeah. and but we're really going to be pushing more we have one season done that we're out there now trying to sell to a network and believe that should happen soon yes. since a lot of content is needed. It's amazing. And it's, amazing. Uh, and it's positive content, you know, which yeah. is something that uh, people really would love to hear now, I think. And it's a twist because I've never seen any show like this. Yeah. Um, and I love travel shows with food shows and a lot of them go to places that are very exotic and they're always eating like exotic animals and things yes. that I would never buy and I'm like, that place is ridiculous and that's, you know, I would never go there and most people I don't think would but we want to show you know, places that you could go to and places that you would like to try and um that don't involve like murder.
1: Yes, know? no, but it's sure, it's true. Did you see Zach Efron's show?
0: I did. Did you like that? Um yeah, I thought it was <laughs> I, I thought they had a you know, the visuals were great. Nah. Um I don't know. It's just very fabricated in a way where I don't know. I understand. Yeah. I understand. But I think it was, you know, there were definitely positive points on it. And I think there was really cool that, um, they're putting some type
1: of message out there for sure. Right. Um, but your show is different and unique. Yeah. And I, 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 it is, it is. No, it's for sure.
0: It's different, bro. And it's a real connection yeah, that we yeah. have, you know, <laughs> uh, with the, the people that we're doing interviews with, um, and there's the connection that we have as host, you know, Um, so, and and we've been doing this for a long time and I think it's interesting because we're able to show a lot of things from behind the scenes, Yeah, you know, and it's going to be great once things start to open up again and we can film, you can really see like backstage and what, you know, certain rockers or people are eating on the road and how that really
1: works. And, and,
0: you know, we're going to show a lot of different things that I think people have always been curious about.
1: I absolutely love that. Um, how has you know, COVID affected all of this. Like, right. Because like you, you're, you're filming that show, right. You guys got a whole bunch in the, in the can. Um, when's the last time you guys went on tour? God tour. Jesus. (laughs) Like what's that? Um,
0: Yeah, I know it's insane because they haven't stopped in 20 years. This Uh, is the first, I mean, this was the first summer that I had where I wasn't touring or doing anything. Is that weird? It's weird. It was weird. Um, it's been a long time and way too long. I'm looking forward to getting back on the stage. But um there were some really positive things that I, I realized from being locked down and in COVID. The first few weeks I was like, Oh my god, I, I'm 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 not leaving this bedroom. I'm not going <laughs> outside anywhere. And it was just like, Okay, here we go. We can bake. Yeah <laughs> You know, like, it's just that's all it's gonna be. And then yeah. it was like that ended very quickly. Um going to like okay i i need to have some type of agenda yeah. um, or i'm going to lose my mind yeah. so i decided that i was like i'm going to walk since there's no gyms or anything i was like i'm going to walk every day at least an hour um and do my own workouts at home and cook my own food like all the time and and so i just started doing that i did wow, that yeah. and so then uh i lost like 30 pounds um, Holy from shit. the very beginning. Yeah. And I was already like, you couldn't really tell if I was like gained a lot of weight because of my height yeah. and I could hold it pretty well. But then when I look at photos now, I'm like, Oh my God, yep, I was kind of, I was getting chunky. Yeah. And, uh, right. th- Thicker. Thicker. Yeah, yeah. I was a stick bone. like a <laughs> Big boy. I was like, big bone. Okay. It was a big- like husky with <laughs> <laughs> the word that they used back in. I was a husky guy. And I, and I started to realize that I was getting a little, like I was denying it. Like when you, like I got to like forties, like mid forties, like, no, no, I'm still the same. Yeah. And people come up and meet you and they're just like, Hey man, hit you on the stomach hey, first. I was like, like you motherfucker. Yeah. And uh. I was like, damn it. Like, what's that all about? Like, <laughs> why do they keep doing that? And then looking at photos and stuff, and I was like, Oh man. I was like, all right, in certain shirts, I was like, ooh, this is, I guess the watch is yeah. shrinking. Yeah, <laughs> <shot some laughs> a little it on. I'm going to turn that dryer down. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> got to hang dry all my T-shirts, man.
1: <laughs> it's so true. It's <laughs> fucking 30 pounds, so, yeah, though.
0: Yeah, so I was like, oh, man. And and then I just got into, like, Rocky mode. It was like a mental thing. Yep. It was like where. I, I feel bad now if I don't walk for at least an hour an hour and a half yeah. of getting that in and the, and why I say walking because it's i I didn't want to run because I'm too heavy for that as far as like impact on the yep. knees and too old it's just not a good thing. Power walking, like as far as like walking at a speed, at a pace for a certain amount of time, really burns fat. A lot of fat. And it's really good for you for every part of your body, circulation, especially your mind. So I'd be making these playlists, like long playlists, and put it on like I'm excited. I haven't heard this song or new album in a long time. And and just getting psyched up for that hour of just away from your cell phone as far as like connecting online, you know, like sending messages, just like walking and doing it treating yourself you know and my body was really receptive to that and i was like wow coming home and creating good meals and 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 slowly losing that weight where it was a yeah. natural process you know where and then i started getting into juicing you know yeah. i was like i'm gonna just juice for like two weeks and then people <laughs> like yo you lost a
3: freight it's like good see in my
0: face i was like oh boy yeah. you know this may have been like really radical and then going back i was like wow i gained that weight back pretty quickly so then i realized like intermediate fasting was like the way that i wanted to try after the juice cleanse so i did the juice cleanse not for two weeks only a week and really um drinking a lot more water during that and, and slowly learning about doing it in a healthy way and then with that intermittent fasting keeping the weight off and eating whatever the hell I want to eat. So it's not a diet. You know, it's like, I eat, you know, between these hours, what I want to eat and I eat and I want to eat something very good because you're thinking like you're waiting to eat until that point and you're like, I know what I want to eat. I know what my body needs. I know what's going to make me feel good. And you start to become more conscious about what you're going to eat and snack on. At least I did because you feel it. And then when it's the cutoff point, it's the cutoff point. And then you have like, Reasonable snacks at times. We're like, you know what, yeah. I'm gonna have some popcorn. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, but I'm still gonna do this, and I'm gonna do the walking, and I'm gonna do the you know the bare minimal of using barbell exercises <laughs> at home, and it just like feeling really good about it. I was like, I could do barely twenty five push ups when I started. I remember I did a video at the beginning of COVID, and people like, all right, yeah, twenty five, and now I'm like a hundred. You know, I knock out, like, 40 in a row. And then I a get 40 beast, yeah. And yeah, and it's just, you know, mentally, I had to get myself in that. I was like, I want to leave this, you know, lockdown in total shape. Like, back at playing music again on stage, like, on top. I don't want to have to build myself up after the lockdown. I want to come out of it feeling strong. Like, I survived this. So yeah. that was something that has always stayed in my mind. Like, I, 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 I you know, like, I don't want to lose that um that drive from doing a new album because our album came out and I was like, Oh, lockdown, everybody, Fuck no touring or man. anything. And so I want to feel really good when it, things go back to some type of normal, a different normal and, and just feel good, you know, like be on top of it physically, mentally, and just ready to go. And that. so I, I I was been doing that consistently staying positive doing the voiceover work for Highway to Health yeah. completing the season and the editing and um just you know staying around a very small core of people um and and, and positive people you know like yes. staying away from the negativity yeah um helps tremendously you know so it's like a combination of those little things during the lockdown have kept my sanity you know staying around people that you truly love and and communicating yes you know like i've done more reaching out than i ever have before um this whole lockdown and, uh-huh. and realizing like who's important to you and 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 why you know and what you do for each other and it's just really um been something that i've tried to keep positive this lockdown and, and, and thankful you know I'm, that i I'm live bad. in such an incredible place you know la you know i look at other people and the weather and, and, yeah. and, and everything and i'm just like oh my it's god brutal brutal and it's like what am i complaining about i i have my health yeah you know which is super important for everything everything and um and good people around me yeah you know and and, and just really
1: um being thankful for that, you know, that's awesome, man. That's, and that, that is absolutely beautiful. Um, I think that losing 30 pounds is yeah. awesome. Right. That,
0: I mean that it's still, you know, I, I, I love that. And and it was the fact that I haven't been on a diet, you know, yeah, like, no. people are like, yo, you, you eat donuts. I was like, I love, <laughs> <laughs> donuts. I'm just not eating them every day. What's it? it Can it, you it, explain intermittent fasting to people? Yeah. Okay. So basically there's certain hours. It's like, fasting you know like um but while you're sleeping kind of it's yeah. like you're doing most of the that's fasting yeah,
2: that's the most of your hours
0: right so it's great like I will wake up at like let's say eight or, or nine or seven uh do a workout coffee yeah start drinking coffee again because I can handle the caffeine <laughs> or tea and really good tea and um and with coffee and tea that have that caffeine it kind of it lowers your it curbs your it. hunger. Yeah. It's, oh, hell yeah. That's Absolutely. That's why you start your day with a cup of black coffee. Oh,
2: yeah. Black coffee or a dark tea, I think it is. Or I a dark the tea, tea. But I know or it black has to tea. be the black coffee without like creamer and all that added. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just makes a sense.
0: strict black
1: coffee. That helps. How long after, though?
0: Oh, okay. So then uh, I usually um, will be eating at two. two o'clock is my time. And then I, from two until eight o'clock, I am, uh, I can be eating. So six hours of the day. Yeah. And that's really, a lot of times people like to do eight hours, but for me, it's a good time. Yeah. Um, But then you realize like your stomach will get to a position where it's like you won't overeat, you know, it will definitely become, you'll shrink um, to where you're getting enough to what you need to eat. Anyway, at night at eight, you're not usually you moving around so much and especially in this lockdown, you know, yeah. there's not much you can really do. So like keeping those hours at that time, it's great because that's when I'm most active and I really need food. I don't really need food at eight at night when I'm sitting on the couch.
1: No, you don't. Yeah. You know? And no, so no. that's
0: it. And so you go through that, you're pretty much fasting. So from then, then you're sleeping, then there's 12 hours, you know, eight in the morning again, you wake up coffee. So it's like, a relax yes. fasting in a way, but you're eating what you want to eat, but you need to do the exercise part yes. of it. And and for me, the easiest, cheapest is walking. And in LA is the best place <laughs> to walk. You know, nobody's walking. So you have you don't have a crowd yeah. of people who are worried about COVID. And um you're walking through the most beautiful yeah. streets. You know, there's areas I discover like step areas, you know, in the Hollywood Hills and around there. It's just like beautiful history that I didn't really know too much about. But um, it was really like the weight, um, that whole walking, burning those calories. You know, it's like math, you know, it's like the amount that you're taking in. And you just start to think about the quality of food that you're going to eat within those hours. You want it to be the best because you're not going to eat for those amount, you know, a certain amount of time. So- I, I learned so much about like different soups, you know, creating soups so that can put in the freezer and they're like really healthy. Uh, overnight oats. It's so My wife good. loves that. Yeah. Oh I I, I got some in the fridge right now. I got it. The it's, fire. It's so, so good. good. Yeah. Anytime eating that,
1: it's yeah. incredible. Yes, It's just takes you two seconds. to Do you make- mash up a ba- banana first? Yeah. Yes. 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 You just showed banana me. And, yeah. And blueberry yeah.
0: and switch it up and mix it a little bit of cinnamon. Ooh. And then, uh, just like a, like very little bit, like a teaspoon. And then, uh, Two teaspoons of maple syrup. Oh, I was like reading that. And it's just that. like boom. And chia oh, chia I seeds. love that.
1: Yeah, chia chia seeds. Seeds. yeah. Chia that, seeds. And
2: that cinnamon and is that burner yeah real fact.
1: Yeah, do you soy or almond milk? Almond. Okay. All right. Perfect. It's so tasty. Yeah. It's. it's I literally have some in the fridge. So cheap. Me too. Yeah. I always have yeah. like
0: three or four cups just sitting waiting. I am like, you know what? I need a boom. That snack. Yeah, it's so filling and so rewarding.
1: It is. Know? It's absolutely delicious. And it's gluten-free, right? Yeah. And oatmealers,
0: and yeah, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good on your stomach, you know?
1: And that, that's so awesome, man, because you're 50 years old, but yeah. you look fucking awesome. I feel awesome.
0: I mean, I remember going through certain phases. Um, Like you are saying, you can be an unhealthy vegan. Yeah. And I remember, like, 30s, I was like, yeah, I'm going to rip this. I was ripped. Like really working out, and then forty, it was just like you just your metabolism just yeah. starts to slow down. I think a lot, you know. I started to notice, like, damn, it's just like I used to be able to burn this off like quickly from touring. I would realize because I would burn a lot. Oh yeah, and, and then it was like, come back from tours, like mm, I didn't lose so much this time, you know. Um <laughs> and it's just like really getting away from that processed food. I think cooking, learning to cook a lot at home helped a lot, certain recipes. I was like, this is so easy and I'm saving so much money from eating out and, and just keeping a balance of things, you know, like if you are going to eat out and have like that, you know, um, stuff that it's good, you know, like impossible beyond it's like Make it once a week. Make exactly. it something enjoy. Like wow, I had it today and it's amazing. And then you can move on to something else. There's so many different
1: things to try. So it, it, it really is true. Oh my god, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. as as we wrap this up, man, because uh, sun's going down. The sun is <laughs> the <sun's laughs>
0: and going, and he <laughs> turns into a vampire. You know, it's <laughs> like when it, it, Did you notice, like when the clocks changed? I was like, damn, it's I, like seven. Fuck, I that. So yeah or fall, fall, back, fall back. back fall back fall back We were falling fall. back I was just like oh my god it's 6 and I was already in my pajamas like oh,
1: oh wait it just it's doesn't it's make six. sense anymore <laughs> like it just doesn't make sense anymore why we do it but um but but I guess the last question I want to ask okay. is uh, why did you move back?
0: Oh yes. Yes.
1: Why did you move back?
0: So it, it's intense to live in in, in Brazil. Um sao paulo especially and i was living there and it's a city with over 20 million people i mean it's massive it's it's massive you think of new york and it's like tiny in comparison i mean it's a it's a city that has like helicopter traffic you know like people are going to work in helicopters you know the super rich and business crazy businesses that are going on there but um there's a lot going on and it's intense. And so I really started to miss a lot of things about America and, and even being a citizen here, you know, there were certain things I took for granted. Um, and I couldn't really get resolved there. And, and, and I just really miss uh, a lot of my family and friends and getting older. And I was like, you know what? I I really want to be back in the States. I love when we have a chance to go and tour there. And, um, I just felt that I I, I I needed to come back, and I miss a lot of the creativity that happens from being in the states and being around that, um, that type of energy. Not to say that Sao Paulo isn't creative, and there's it's, it's a different energy. Yeah. And um, and I just really missed it. You know, it's been long time. You know, away. Yeah, long um, time. And I and I wanted to get into some different things
1: here, like voiceover work and stuff like that, and um, just change it up you know yeah absolutely yeah. man damn that's incredible i mean you have one hell one hell of a story and yeah man it's still still going on <laughs> it is no and it, it, it is um as we close this down what is the future right what does the future look like for you um going forward after all this like when are you guys gonna play your first show like, yeah what the fuck does that even look like
0: i mean we're working on we'll probably have to do some type of live stream uh, for the band i don't know when it's hard to say with everything covid going on there in brazil let alone here um but we have a tour set up for november december in europe okay we'll see if that happens i i'm being very optimistic about it but if it doesn't happen i'm not going to be that discouraged because it's like yeah it's not it's we're not, not ready, ready we're yeah. not
1: ready I mean the Super Bowl is going they're like one third or one
0: yeah, fourth uh, Australia basketball. they have full-on rugby yeah like, no mass nobody you have you that know? in the states now too
1: there's been
2: states that have released the or lifted the mask in wow
1: America, America but, I don't. know yeah, America's America's just fucking weird all right? <laughs> let's just be honest like shout Shit. out to all those Karens
0: yeah well like straight
1: up man and it's like I, I don't know man going forward like regardless if the mask thing is taken away or not like if I have a cold or something I'm gonna rock a mask I don't know I- a fuck I like, I- I like I- it After, I'm gonna be rocking a
0: mask when I fly every yeah. time
2: you know no, Ooh, that's just- the nastiest place yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm Ooh. surprised
0: I didn't wear one in the past uh, me too <laughs> <You know? laughs>
2: you realize that we are like america is one of the only countries that are like that don't, yeah. don't respect others
1: yeah you Asia go over is to huge. like
2: china or japan they wear masks because they're sick and right. they still have to go places and so by being respectful to everyone else I'm gonna put
1: on a mask right. so
2: I don't give you what I got. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. This should just be a common courtesy yeah. thing
1: now. You would think so. Getting on the subway in New York, like bro, we'll oh, want to wear forget it. The
0: it. Like straight it. up. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we're you know, we'll see how that goes. And with the the show we're gonna we're still pushing and hopefully we'll be able to start recording. I think we'll be able to move forward with that um sooner. Um than actual live shows. Yeah. Um, But it's exciting. You know, we really want to work on a second season. We have a lot of people that we want to interview and places that we want to go. And um, it's just growing, you know, online and we, we getting a lot of feedback from certain people, but once we have connected with the network, that's going to, where people can actually see it. um, Then we do the, the real promoting and
1: pushing uh, yeah. As far as letting people know that we exist and it's out there. Dude, once you guys do that, once you guys lock it in, I'd love to have the both of you on here. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love like, to to be back here. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I love everything that you guys are doing. You guys are just so positive, and I oh, really yeah, appreciate, uh, you know, Tanya putting us in touch with one Yeah, another. yeah. Thank you, Tanya.
0: <laughs> thank
1: you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you, O'Callaghan. I've
0: been working on my Irish accent yes. there. Yes. That sometimes gets there. Sometimes it's very good. Sometimes it turns into a American accent there oh, You'll hey, never know That way it's going to go That's right Select so, like, come in there One time And then it goes back To an Irish bro there oh, Yeah Look <laughs> at bro so you got a very good luck <laughs> on you man. I thank you very much For talking to me oh. <laughs> And then sometimes It goes very English So
1: I love that Where can uh,
0: people Find your information On the, inst- on the, on the gram what oh. the kind of kids are calling it um, You have highway To health official And then you have Derek Green official and you can find all the information there about what's going on uh on the gram or facebook Yes. yes. <laughs> My space I think is closed down for us, but
1: uh, I think that just done, boys. I think it's done. Alright. Alright, alright, alright. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Nice. He listens to your stuff. Holy shit. Derek, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It was a, it was a pleasure. And until next time. Until next time. Have a good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Wowzers, thank you so much for listening to Back to Your Story. And thank you, Derek, for coming on to share your incredible story. Remember to like, subscribe, share this with a family member, a friend, and a foe. Why do we say that shit? Uh, Head over to our YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com backslash Back to Your Story. Follow us on Instagram, at Back to Your Story. Uh, Facebook, if you're old. And uh, remember... New stories get premiered every single week. Sometimes they're early, sometimes they're late, but we put them out. Have a good night, people. Peace out. Mother poop Boop. boop, boop.